Last time Mark Brunel started a game in the playoffs against the Florida team, they rang up 62 points against the Dolphins in Jacksonville. <laughs> thought I'd remind you. Well, guess what? They're not playing the Dolphins. No. They're playing the uh, Yuccaneers. Yeah. Well, Bucks are all right. But Washington's pretty hot right now. Washington sucks. Won five straight games. Let me say it again. The Dolphins won six straight games. Yeah. What does that prove? Nothing except Washington was uh, playing for a playoff spot. They had to win all five of those games or they wouldn't be in the playoffs. So let me ask you, is Jim Sarney sleeping with Evan Cohen? I haven't read Jim Sarney today. Huh? I haven't read Jim Sarney well, that's why today. I'm just printing it out right now. In fact, it's printing an extra time, which I'm trying to save my paper frantically back here. Stop! Enough! Jeez. I'm told by other people that that guy's pretty good. Yeah. I have never heard him. Well, let me just read you what he says, Sarney, and then we'll get to very jackass, since it is Friday. Mm-hmm. I like this Barry's the, piece today. This is one of the rare times that we ever found something out before the uh, guys that write in the newspaper. Very unusual at QAM. Yeah. So your buddy Jim Sarney writes, uh, by the way, has Sarney ever had a good bowel movement because he's got that really constipated look on his face in this picture? Maybe that'll get a new picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He looks like he hasn't had a good BM in 20 years. Joe Bell is the new general manager at WD. By the way, we hear uh, Joe Bell's a great guy. That's what everybody says. Oh! We love you, Joe. Just leave me alone. <laughs> what? Well, don't you agree with that? <laughs> we like him a lot, and he uh, likes us, and he uh, leave us alone. That's all we ask. And I did nobody bother tell me that the uh, station is moving. Yeah. That would be great if I came back one day and I decided to go to the wrong place. (laughs) I'll do a couple of shows this week from the station. I'll drive up to the studio. uh, Nothing there. I mentioned it this morning. Well, I I don't have a chance to listen. I I didn't know you didn't know that. I did not. Nobody, nobody, I guess, felt it was important. I'll tell you, I thought it was nice what Joe Bell said, just so you know, uh, in front of everybody. He got up and he said that he thought that uh, uh, the three of us, you and me and... And uh, Jim Mandich represented the right. uh, strongest lineup, and and uh, he's going to push sales. That's well, I'm going to tell about. you, you ought to push some of them right out the door. It's starting with Todd Dreck, by the way. I could tell you a story. I'll tell you off the air sometime. It'll just make you flip your lid. This guy, you know, one of their favorite tricks is to, like, uh, you show up and there's something on the log that you never agreed to do in the first place. Oh. And he can't be bothered coming in and saying, well, is this cool with you? Is this you want to do this? Or, you know, they just, they just put it on the log and hope that you'll, uh, you know. And then if you don't want to do something, they'll say, well, gee, you're always bitching there's no spots like today. Today we have a going out of business log. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I'm still uh, doing copy from November for one of right. the advertisers that right. he represents. And uh, they're always bitching and then you're uh, turning stuff down. I almost never turn anything down, but when it's an account that I absolutely despise and hate, it would be like asking me to do a live spot for FP&L, you know. It just isn't going to happen. It's not going to happen, Todd. You idiot. You you fairy. Anyway, Joe Bell is new GM, taking over for Greg Reed. And Sarney says, hopefully ending the mad circus at the number one sports talk station. The mad circus. That's what a good circus? way of putting it. <laughs> By the way, Stern was on. I watched four minutes of it last night. Two minutes early and then two minutes toward the end. An hour of shameless self-promotion. What does I that mean, this, the mad I circus? Did. Huh? What does that mean, the mad circus? It's a mad circus. It's a mad, mad circus. Reed will stay around as consultant. <laughs> Bell, Did you say Mad Circus or Mad Circus? Bell, why, is he Jewish, Jim Sarney? No. No. Well, what do you expect from a Goetia cop like him? Bell, the former GM at KISS, who's described as someone with a passion for sports, is not a, now see, he's not a sports nerd, though. See, that's the difference from what I'm hearing. 
is not expected to mess with a solid lineup. That includes Hank Goldberg, Neil Rogers, and Jim Mandich. The only hole is at 2 p.m., or Howard David is expected to leave when his contract expires. Possible replacement, Evan Cohen, the bright young voice at 760 ESPN Radio WEFL. This guy, that's all he writes about is Evan Cohen. He's obsessed. I think he's got the hots for him. I don't know who Evan Cohen is. What does he mean when he says the only hole? Is he talking about what we have on the air now? No, this hole. Rectum. That hole. Yeah. No, he says the only hole is at 2 p.m. where Howard David's expected to leave when his contract is. In other words, 2 to 4 is a hole. I get it. He didn't say what kind of hole. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? I follow. Okay, now let's get to Barry. Well, you probably already read this, didn't you? I read Barry. On the air? No. Well, let's, uh, well there you go. Greg Reed, the general manager of WQ. Now, who are you picking in the uh, Patriots-Jacksonville game, by the way? Patriots. Oh, yeah, but you picked them against the Dolphins, too. But this time they want to win. Yeah, well, this time they're going to play everybody. Oh, that would be good. That's a good idea. Great. Oh, Do you also, think that the Patriots I... would have lost to the Dolphins if uh, they, had a, they would have? Look, if Brady was, had stayed in the game. 7-7 at the end of a quarter, and the only reason that it was 7-7 is because of that fluke-tipped interception. They were driving for a score there early in the game. They would have, like, wiped them off the field. They would have wiped their butt with the Dolphins in that game. But nevertheless. Yeah. I forgot to mention to you before I read this, and I do notice that uh, Barry, one other thing for little Barry today, he rips Keith Jackson in ass and deservedly so. I, I, just like he says, he says, hearing legendary Keith Jackson 77 work possibly has finally produced mixed feelings. He says this viewer felt frustration and compassion because his eyes deceived him on several. He, he was lost, man. He was pathetic. He made a couple of mistakes. No, no, he made. I enjoyed listening to Keith Jackson. Now, I always have until that game. He made, you know, the biggest mistake he made showing up. You know what? He's still better than most of them, even with the mistakes. No, he was. He had a horrible night. He was. He was bad. But anyway, I know you work for ABC, so you can't that doesn't matter. I don't like no, everybody. I, there. I know you work for ABC. Greg Reed, the general manager of QM since 1996 and power since 85, said Thursday he's given up his jobs but will remain consultant for both. Their consultant. <laughs> Boy, he's gonna how to lose your license in five minutes or less. He expects to help a group of L.A. inventors purchase and operate radio stations and then lose their license. WKIS General Manager Joe Bell will replace Reed at QAM. Unresolved is the future of afternoon host Howard David, whose contract expires March 10th. I bet you didn't know that, did you? The date? I just said March circled. I didn't know it was no, the 10th. Circle March 10th. March 1st is my 30th anniversary, and then March 10th is the, uh, well... Ah. David reiterated it's highly unlikely he'll remain at QAM. Now, here's one of the great lines that Barry's ever written. Quoting Mo, he says, We had agreed Greg was going to give me a proposal to renew my contract or leave early, but obviously his dog ate it, David said. How do you like that? <laughs> his dog ate it. Another one of Greg's, uh, you know, uh, Greg talks a lot. And that was the end of that. Well, it was an interesting gathering yesterday. Yeah, I want to hear about it. Well, not much happened. Uh, you know, Greg uh, had very little to say, just that he was moving on and he was going to be around for a while as a consultant. And um, I guess uh, the other thing that happened yesterday was that he's also uh, now out at uh, or has left uh, our other station, you know, the one up the hall. Yeah. Power. Power. Yeah. Right. So he will no longer be... Anything but a consultant there, too, because uh, at the meeting yesterday said he was going to be with power for a while, uh, but uh, that changed at did, the end of the day. didn't materialize. did not. You're out, Greg. Remember that line in The Godfather? Michael says, you're out, Tom. Yeah. Maybe I could help. You're out, Tom. You're out, Greg. Well, 
It was a nice. Uh, Joe got up and talked, and he was very gracious towards us. Yeah. And uh, I have a sense that the sales department is going to uh, get a little bit of a kick. A little shake-up? Is that what you're trying to say? I don't know about shake-up, but it's... Big uh, shake-up, baby. There's going to be a big emphasis over there. You need there. a big blueberry enema back there in that sales office. I'll tell you that right now. There's some shenanigans going on back there and some stuff not going on. It's just uh, scandalous. But, you know, when you come right down to it, like I said the other day, I keep forgetting, and you reminded me, and you're right. You know, just uh, take my old advice. Take the money to the bank, and then that's their problem. Yep. As long as the checks keep uh, clearing, that's all That's all we got to worry about. That's exactly it. You were right. You were the one who said that to me. That is correct. So I, they asked us all to stand up and, you know, and uh, introduce ourselves to Joe, and or Joe asked for that, and how long we'd been there. Yeah. So I said I'd been there. He, he asked you all to stand up and introduce yourselves? Yeah. So he could see you all and hear all our names. And Oh, you mean to him? To him, yeah. Oh, I see. I thought you meant to each other. Well, to Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. And uh, so I said, uh, I gave my name and said that I've been here 13 or 14 years. I've lost count. Uh, not counting suspensions. Right. So. Oh, then it's only about five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that's it. He's uh, I'm uh, I, he was a, he's a very enthusiastic guy. I think he's yeah. got a real passion for our business. He's uh, said he's not a guy who's going to interfere a lot. Good. We love you, Joe. Leave us alone. Yep. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. How we many, how many general now. managers have you worked for? Oh, I I don't really want to count on here. I mean, like oh, but you know, all the years I've been on the year? In this town, yeah. Oh, in Miami, 30 years. Uh, let's see. Started with Sid Levin, your close personal friend. Yep. Sid, Vic Casper, Lou Crone. Disaster. I know his kid works in sales at Power, but yeah, I hate to break the news to you, but your father's an idiot. Uh, he was a disaster. Um, Stanley Cohen. You mm-hmm. notice? Crone and Cohen. Yeah. In fact, look at that. Sid Levin, Dick Casper, whose real name was Richard Rose. Right. Lou Crone I know and where Stanley you're going Cohn, all Jews so far. <laughs> yeah. Then Tim Williams, who was the son-in-law, the owner at the Winds, a real idiot. Oh, I have kids. Don't knock me on the ear. Hey, by the way, all his kids are grown right now, so that's no longer an excuse. You're a moron, Tim. You're a simpleton. <laughs> oh, he's an idiot. Uh, let's see. Who did I work for after that? Oh, that was uh, Mike Disney. Yeah. Hey, Mike. <laughs> he's the only guy I ever worked for who had a nose like W.C. Fields. You know, he used to glow in the dark. And then, of course, uh, Bob Green at IOD. Now, were you there when Bob Green came, or were you already gone? I was, uh, actually, I was gone about a month after Disney left. Oh, so you didn't have too much dealing with Bob Green? No. Bob puts on a happy face to you, but he's a backstabber. Be very careful with him. Uh, and then, uh, it feels like I'm leaving somebody out. Oh, and, of course, uh, the, the uh, patch in IOD, who was the GM there? Oh, Ron Fink-Wolf. Did you know Ronna Fink? Uh, not very well. Who was a sales bitch and then turned into just a real general bitch, her and Petey Bolger at uh, Paxton. And then, of course, uh, Greg Reed. Last and definitely least. I mean, that last but not least. All I remember about her was that she dropped Sonny Hirsch. Right. From doing the uh, Canes games. and then Oh, went, the way, the way they, they, they killed him, man. And, and when the rights came him. over here, I sure hope Sonny that David Ott and Ronna Fink-Wolf rot in their grave for what they did to Sonny. Sonny was a good guy. Yeah, he was a great guy. Yeah. And he was the signature voice of that program. Right. Oh, he was no Joe Zagacki. Oh, I'm sorry. So Sonny came back when the rights came over here. 
And I beg your pardon? Sonny was going to do the games here when the rights came back over oh, here. I see. And but he didn't he make it. didn't uh, live to do it. Now, was he diabetic? No. He had, you know was... he had circulation problems. Like the Herald. Yeah, exactly. You know who uh, was diabetic and I didn't know it and was a very young guy? And what a... What a great guy to me, Bill Cosford, man. What a what a just tremendous guy. He was a good guy. And he, he was a, what a oh, tremendous God. critic he was. Yeah, and he would write about local stuff all the time. He must yep. have written about 10 columns on my show, which is he even wrote a column on my uh, UM play-by-play, which I to this day I remember that. Yeah. What a guy he was. He wrote a nice column about me once when I went to do non-sports. You know, right. When I did that show at night. I'll tell you one thing, Tom Zicker sure ain't no Bill Cosford. I'll tell you that right now. And Cosford wasn't even like the radio TV guy. He was like an entertainment critic. Yeah. But nevertheless, he, uh, at least he wrote about stuff that was going on in town, as, as opposed to all these puff pieces about the, the latest uh, TV sitcom that sucks, you know. He was brilliant. He was great. And they, I see they even named the, uh, the, the Bill Cosford Theater. Yes, they did. That was a nice gesture. Down, uh, down at the University of Miami. Used to have him. In fact, I think back to all those guests I used to have on back in the days when I was boring the audience. He was one of the few that I really, I really miss. He was a good guy. He was always entertaining. I, I liked him. I liked Carl Hyacin. Mm. You're not a Hyacin guy? No, he writes two good columns a year. Well, I, I'll be honest with you. If I had, a, I like Fred Grimm better than Carl Hyacin. At least Fred, about five, six times a year, writes something worth uh, reading, you know. I mean, Carl could be good. Once in a great while, he'll write a really sensational column and say something profound. And the rest of the time, he's writing about manatees and alligators. I well, just, he writes books. He's, he's doing a lot of books. And he, yeah, yeah. I think his deal there is he doesn't write that often. No, is that it? Yeah. He's okay. He's no Tom Fiedler. That's what Gary Hart told me. <laughs> well, listen, on that note, tomorrow I'm sure, well, of course, I mean, this weekend, is there any doubt? Uh, they'll be running Gulfstream tomorrow. Gulfstream, you got all these uh, games coming up this weekend, playoffs. Oh, I, yeah, I'm going to be so a gambler heaven. You'll have weekend. action, in that, and tomorrow morning I'll be making my first return to you-know-where early yeah. in the morning. Oh, good. Yeah. Sounds like a good weekend for us. <laughs> An expensive, a good but expensive weekend. Well, let's hope, other kind. let's hope it's profitable. I had a laugh. Did, now, did you ever get to read that column in the Herald about, or I read it on the air yesterday about Gulfstream and about the uh, old... Guy Irving Goldberg column, yeah. that one? <laughs> <laughs> that person who wrote that article... Had no, clue. Clue. no clue. That's why I said. It's Not like a clue. So broad, it's never been to the track in her life. Exactly. You know, she's talking about, uh, oh, well, these people, uh, they bet by the number, not by the name of the horse. Wow, what a concept. Well, right? <laughs> how about this one? The guy who covered the opening for Channel 10 came yeah. on, and at the end of the piece, he said, and, and of course, uh, you know, right now it's... Uh, you know, it looks great out there, and then uh, they'll run, and then uh, everybody will go home for the winter. Right. Said that on Channel 10. They'll all wow. go home for the winter. Well, you know, now that Luther Evans isn't around anymore, we don't have too many horse racing experts in town. There's you and Eddie Kay, and that's about it. And when it comes to harness racing, I'm hit. You Hockey are. harness racing and all that stuff. That's you me. certainly are. All the marginal stuff that nobody cares about. Okay, well... We've eaten up a lot of time here. Yes, we have. Well, I, I got nothing but time because I don't have to worry about getting behind on the spots today. <laughs> oh, okay. One of those days. Oh, man. Uh, I've never seen uh, all, all these years. We must be getting ready for the Neil Rogers Memorial Anniversary Show with no spots. It's going to change. Yeah. Oh, I know that. I know that. Yep. 
we'll be uh, we'll be drowning in spots. You know, when we had the previous general manager, and I don't want to like uh, leave any hostility in the air now that he's leaving us, and I had a nice cordial farewell conversation. But he reminds me a lot of Howard Stern in this respect that with with Stern. See, he doesn't care about any other talent or about anything else. Serious, this whole serious thing is all about Howard. And just like when we had the previous general manager, it wasn't about us. It was all about him. And the last time I checked, he didn't have a show on the station. The only show he had was on the phone with Barry. On that note, win a lot of cash this weekend. You too. And go Patriots. All right. Yes, go Patriots. Say a, say a bracha for the Patriots. Okay. See ya. All right. You too. Friday, you bastard. On the next day, Deadwood. What stranger? You know that the weird feller from Bareback Mountain. That's him. I'll handle this. What are you having, cowboy? I'll have a frozen daiquiri. What is that? Oh, it's a fruity delight with the paws that refreshes. Uh-huh. Say, didn't you play Meadow Boy in NYPD Blue? Uh, yeah, that was me. Do you like it? <clears throat> I mean, uh, never heard of all. Oh, I don't mean to be too rude, but... You call this a saloon? Just what the f*** are you getting at? Well, the drapes don't nudge, and Rustic married to this so five minutes ago. <laughs> so what? Where's your can-can dancers? You can't have a proper saloon without any can-can dancers. This here's I'll swear a lot. You could ask him. What the f*** going on down here? Oh, I, I'm from Bareback Mountain, and I'd like to be your very first can-can dancer. You're a woman. Well, ostensibly, perhaps... After all, I'm from Bareback Mountain. Feed him to the pigs. Sure thing, Al. Oh, we're fine. 1016 at QAM. So yesterday we had a, uh, it sounded like a crank call to me from some uh, Yahoo sounding guy. I said, oh, your handyman, Izzy, uh, had a heart attack and died. Click. Remember that? Uh, yeah. And then I found out later in talking to a home that um, Izzy's wife called the house on Tuesday. He evidently uh, had pain in the chest, went to the hospital, had a quadruple bypass. So I don't really know if he's uh, dead or alive. I hope he's alive. I was going to ask you, how is he doing? I don't know. I sure hope he's alive because he hasn't finished the fence yet. No, but seriously, I mean, it's just uh, he was in the house over the weekend. And then we get that fax about somebody else dying, which I'll talk about in a couple of minutes. They're dropping like flies, man. Hope you're okay, Izzy, and if not, uh, our sympathies. But I, I can't. I checked the obituaries in the Sun Sentinel this morning. I didn't see one. It's a pretty sad day when you have to start checking obituaries, you know? Yeah. And uh, Sharon, by the way, is like, uh, as the uh, Japanese say, he's off tourist. <laughs> he's not in good shape. And the media can't, I guess they can't figure it out that a guy at like 77 years old that weighs 14,000 pounds, uh, how come he's uh, not in good shape? They're a little bit slow. Look at this. It's 1017 already. Wow. Josh is probably getting real panicky that we can't get on all the spots, aren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, don't worry. We'll be back at 1018. No, I see. No, I think it's 1019. In fact, now it's 1018 already, so we'll be back at 1020. Oh, boy, what a bunch back there. You're going to see some real action in Jackson back there in that sales room. I'll tell you that. Some of you fakers back there uh, will put a big X on the door where the exit is. Action. Resolve yourself to a better night's sleep in 2006 and maybe some better action, too, by calling 1-800-MATTRESS right now. Nothing's got a bigger impact on your daily health, well-being, and productivity than a good night's sleep. And you can get one starting as soon as tonight with Dollar Mattress by calling 1-800-MATTRESS right now. If your mattress is more than 10 years old or it's noticeably sagging or lumpy, it's time for a brand new one. Choose from all the top names, too. No off-brand names that nobody would dare put their ass on. We're talking the best names like Sealy, Inserta, Simmons, King Coil, Tempur-Pedic, and Stearns, and Foster Hewitt. 
Dollar Mattress takes same-day orders all day long from Kendall to Stewart from Palm Beach to Fort Myers. And like always, you pick the two-hour delivery window and date that you want your mattress delivered, and they show up on time 99.7% of the time, as close to perfection as anybody gets. Lots of people at QAM are satisfied customers. I've been using these folks for years. This is one of the easiest pieces of shopping you'll ever do. Instead of schlepping around town, wasting a lot of money and gas and uh, sweat, getting all sweated up, just make them one easy call. Start off the new year right with a new mattress from Dial a Mattress. Pick up that phone right now. Call 1-800-MATTRESS. 1-800-MATTRESS or on the website mattress.com. Dial a Mattress. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Leave off the last S because it stands for sales holes. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QA. Do and a powerless Christian who can smoke. Oh, I. For mansion shots and toilets, I put my car in military contracts. Yes, I'm that few, few, honey, hand. And I lost all I had in this world. My life is in ruins. I'm heading for the tombs. I call to the accomplished punks, pointed by Jesus. Oh, oh I so good to miss that pointed in God. I guess I wasn't all that cunning for the cunning do cunning Gene Chandler in a medley of his hit, Douche of Earl. By the way, he says a fat fart or something in there. It, sound, it almost sounded like something else, but it wasn't. Okay, good. What? Why, you thought it was something else? No, I didn't think it at all. Oh, well, that, that's good. Don't think. Not in this business. Well, speaking of uh, the whole essence of that, you notice we hear nothing more about Duke Cunningham? Who? And Mark Fax this morning says, please look up and play Maroon 5, Harder to Breathe, and put it on an endless loop. I love the way the, uh, the Today Show has spent 15 minutes on the damn miners and 30 seconds... About 30, man! ...on the 11 U.S. servicemen killed in separate attacks in Iraq. Now here's Al with the weather. Yeah, there's uh, Maroon 5. I, I, we don't Still like getting it. Pat Robertson gets more attention than the 11 dead soldiers. F this, says Mark, and love from the heart. Well, they love you too, Mark. Good luck to you. So anyway, uh, should I, give, I guess I better... I got a lot of stuff. Like Rick Riley used to say, I got a lot of stuff, only he never did. Although the uh, fair value today is minus uh, infinity. <laughs> so I saw about four minutes of Stern's performance, his uh, hour of self-aggrandizement on King last night, his one-hour commercial. It was like an infomercial with no credits. And uh, I did this, and I did that, and I'm uh, this, and I'm that, and Robin, and, uh, you know, more power to you, Howard. You're making $80 trillion, and I still don't find anything on your show. It's just not for me. A lot of you folks out there will be subscribing, and Monday morning you'll be all uh, whipped up into a frenzy, and he'll be saying all kinds of crap again. And you know what? We, we just, uh, I don't know. I say we. I don't, none of the three of us uh, have discovered anything funny on that show in, in years. It's over our head. That must be. We just don't get it. Maybe I'm sure Josh couldn't possibly understand it. No, not at all. 
way, way beyond our scope to get it. But it's, for the know, three of us to agree on anything, that's a freaking miracle. Did we ever find out that the rascal house didn't close? Josh just got through eating there. No, and I called them, and they definitely yeah. didn't. Some idiot calls up, oh, the rascal house just closed or, or something like that. Yeah. That's why I'm really dubious that I think about Izzy. I've got to get a spy report because if my handyman died, it's uh, very sad, number one. And number two, leaves me in the lurch. That would be unhandy. Wouldn't you think he would at least finish my fence before he did, died? That, that would be the Maybe. least he could do. WQAM, spy oh, report. What it is is you're jealous, Neil. You're jealous. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how are you? Pretty good. This is, uh, I like that uh, controversy that they're having about that movie, uh, Broken Back Mountain. You know, yeah. some people like it, some people hate it. Yeah, it sounds to me like you like it. Now, I want to get, I want to find out what's going on. Forget about that. Yeah, I'm really jealous of Howard, okay? I'm only jealous of the money that he's making. That's the only part that I really want. I don't want that nose. In fact, he makes me look good. Just like this guy with his Phil Henry for today's pool. The, well, one thing I like best about Phil Henry is he was a lot uglier than I am, and that's saying a lot. He could have been one of the ugliest people ever on the year. You know, he definitely had a face for radio. Right. But nevertheless, once upon a time, he was uh, pretty good. Are you sure? And now, WQAM, hello. Good morning, Neil. The Rascal. WQAM, hello. Good morning, Neil. Happy Friday. Yeah, back to you. Uh, the Rascal House in Boca is closed. That's the Rascal House. That's... Oh, well, we don't care about Boca. F Boca, man. Who the hell cares about Boca? You people, you know, one thing about you Boca people, I don't want to mention any names. Do, 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 do. The last time I was in Boca was the before uh, Jesus was a baby. Why, why does anybody want to go to Boca? Can you figure that out? Uh, well, they got those big wide swales, you know. Is that what it is? Yeah, wide swales. Must be some reason for it. They got that Meisner Park, Mumser Park. Anyway, yesterday's poll, the most overdone news story of the past year. We had 1,497 votes, and I chopped it off around 5 o'clock. Just so I could put today's poll on, which, to be very honest with you, I thought Skipper Chuck, having just died a couple of days ago, I thought he would kick every, all of our ass. And all of a sudden, for, for whatever reason, the audience is just out there licking all over my... I can, I'm embarrassed by it. i got to, like, towel myself off here. Oh, go on. <laughs> oh, pshaw. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, a nice call from Bob Lasseter yesterday, good old Blabo. We had a good chat for about a half an hour, which I kept uh, getting interrupted on the phone by Clarence and this one and that one. You know, when I tell you people, don't bother me at home, uh, Lasseter's call is the one that I wanted. That, and we had a good time. I invited him to call, gave him my number, and we had a good chat. But, uh, Jesus, some of you people just don't get the message. And by the way, you can tell Troy to uh, die. The most overdone news story of the past year, the missing chick in Aruba, 513. Terry and her cube, 379. The runaway bride, 274. Michael Jackson trial, 129. Pervert. Fort Lauderdale kid goes to Iraq, 82. Hurricane Katrina, 26. See, the big drop-off there. In other words, the rest of these stories yeah. we feel are worth. Rosa Parks dies, 24. Overdone. Iraq War, 17. New Nazi Pope, 13. Coal Miners, 10. Oh. Republican Scandals, 9. Supreme Court Nomination, 7. Iraq Election, 7. Hurricane Wilma, only 4. Obviously, just uh, screwed everybody up. Asian Earthquakes, 2. And the London bombings in the Cube. Solamente Uno. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. You bastard. We have an elevator that goes up to the suite and an elevator that goes down to the street. It's funny she's on the hit show. You're fired. It's over. Don't you think it's over? Who chose this stupid concept? And the money somewhere disappeared between the hand and the ass. 
You're fired. Up to the street, down to the street. Good luck. You're fired. I think your concept was terrible. At this stage of your job interview, I am not impressed. So ask yourself, what's it worth to you? You're fired. You're fired. I'll see you back at the door. I may just fire all of you. 10.33, well, I tell you, always afraid of those rich guys, you know, the guys with a lot of money, always uh, butch, uh, bossing everybody around. Oh, Aren't yeah? you afraid of them people? Afraid of them? What are you eating now? Howie's oh, baking the BLT. It's a granola bar, but we're going to call it Tony's later. It's a what? A granola bar. Oh, jeez. Fooey. That's good, actually. You know what that is? It's just pure carbohydrates, man. Mm-hmm. I can just see your blood sugar skyrocketing right now. Oh, speaking of skyrockets, attacks by insurgents killed 11 members of the American forces and as many as 130 Iraqis in Karbala and Ramadi yesterday. The number kept going up. First it was five, then it was seven, and now 11. Most of the deaths were caused by two huge suicide bombs. They followed attacks on Wednesday that included a suicide bombing at a Shiite funeral. Pushed their two-day death toll over 200. Remember you said 200? That's, that's why right. they kept killing people. I said, well, little, uh, that little stick there, that guava loving <laughs> right. stick, said over 200, so we better like live up to Didn't it. Didn't want to make a lar out of it. There you go. So the number just keeps... Uh, Ariel Sharon is off tourist. That's what the headline was on CNN. Big tourist. And let's see. Today's pool, and then the stuff that's getting sent in, you know, I don't know that this pool needs any more building. Did you add Alan Courtney and Rick Weaver? Yes. So we got Rick Weaver and Bob Weaver. The only one we don't have is Earl Weaver. Uh, in fact, Rick Weaver's got a couple of votes already. I, I really thought, now people are going to say, well, it's your audience and your show, and it's self-aggrandizing. You know what? Who cares? Big deal. Never did I anticipate such a tremendous uh, suction job. Who is South Florida's all-time broadcasting legend? We have 994 votes. Our goal is 1,000. What? Before you go on, the, yes. uh, uh, Edine, whoever keeps sending this fax that I've already sent to you with Big Al Wilson and Henry Barrow and all well, that. Well, I got it right here. And first of all, it wasn't Big Al. It was uh, Big Wilson, not Big Al. Uh, everything that's on here is a mistake. And it's also a mistake for them to fax it four times. We've already got it. We got it the first time. Yeah, and I'm going to rip him and ask right now, whoever the idiot is that sent this. Big Al Wilson, the Night Owl. Well, first of all, he was on yeah, he was on radio and IOD and did uh, the Night Owl thing on Channel 6 and uh, was a good friend of mine and a good guy, but uh, hardly a legend. He was only on air in the market for, what, three, four years? Right. He was not very long. See, when we're talking about broadcasting legend, that isn't somebody that you liked. Maybe we have to explain this to them. Henry Barrow. Oh! No. And again, we liked Henry before he got so fat, but nevertheless... Uh, would you put him in, in, even in that category? Most people wouldn't even know who the hell Henry Barrow is. Who? Mitch Lewis, they got, then they got it scratched out. Oi! Greg Budell. Uh, this, this must be a, a joke thing. That's why they keep faxing it over and over again. Radio legend, Greg Budell, legend in his own mind. And by the way, Greg, the bad news is everybody in the market still hates you. <laughs> and, and speaking of getting in, not having any idea what you're writing about, five... The guy who was on Power 96 for so long, I think he's dead now, he used to say, what? 
Yeah, that's the one. That's what, don't you understand? I got Tanner and Don Cox confused. Now, Tanner has had uh, some health problems, but he's still okay and he's alive. He was the sidekick of the Kendall Toyota guy on TV. He's talking about Don Cox, and he, he did not say. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he said. Not uh, Cox qualified. What was Tanner? Hey, Tanner. You fairy. I think we should put Cox on there. I think he qualifies. Okay, Don Cox. I listened to him when I was a child. Well, put him on there. All right. He won't get upset about it. He's still dead. Joey Reynolds, those zany <laughs> reads ones. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, to show you what a total lack of uh, knowledge they have, uh, what, what radio legend is all about, Chris Baker. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't think so. We used to do weekends on IOD. Uh, he's definitely a radio legend. I mean, get, get a life. Rocco says, boy, a lot of faxes coming in here. Oh, and all that. Here's the one that says that really gets me. No Phil Henry? Phil was on in this market for what, about three years? Maybe tops? Maybe. Radio legend isn't somebody that, like, passed through the market on the way to, like, uh, someplace else or on the way to, like, uh, public. That's, that's not a radio legend. Even as good as he was on IOD, that's not uh, my idea of a radio legend in South Florida. Catch my drift? Drifting? In addition to which, Howard invented everything. I'm not talking about our Howard. Howard invented everything that's good on radio anyway. Just ask him. He'll tell you. Right. Electricity, electromagnetic radiation. Just a few minutes I watched last night, everything was I, 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 That's what it's all about. Just an hour puff piece, and Larry sat there going, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And that was enough for me. Rocco said, did you see that NBC may have found the NSA was spying on Christiana Amanpour from CNN? I don't blame him. Spying on journalists, where have we heard that before? I'd spy on that bitch. I think she's doing something with the Pope. Oh, I'm sorry, the Holy Father, the Holy Father. An executive committee member of the Southern Baptist Convention was arrested on a lewdness charge for propositioning a plainclothes policeman outside a hotel. <laughs> oh, no! Lonnie Latham, a senior pastor at South Tulsa Baptist Church, was booked in Oklahoma County Jail Tuesday night on a misdemeanor charge of offering to engage in an act of lewdness. Police Captain Jeffrey Becker said Latham was released on $500 bail yesterday afternoon. Latham, who has spoken out against homosexuality, of course, asked the officer to join him in his hotel room for oral sex. Latham was arrested. His 2005 Mercedes automobile was impounded. Uh, calls to Latham at his church were not immediately returned. When he left jail, he said, I was set up. I was in the area pastoring to police. That's right. He wanted to went, lay on hands. That's right. When you're pastoring to police, you have to get on your knees and say a little prayer, like Dion Warwick said. Sure. Or was it urethroid? Did we like that version the best? Oh, Sean's got some new poll ideas. Well, that's good. Maybe I'm going to change the one for tomorrow. Now, this this is good. Mm-hmm. These are all one. good. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. God bless Sean, man. He's the one guy that comes. He's the poll expert. That's what I hear. I think I might change one. I don't like that. I was going to do that one about uh, that he also sent. What smell brings back the best memories? Right. But knowing this crowd, they're going to put like a lot of uh, Sub Rosa crap in there and a lot of filth and... Uh, and since we're not on satellite radio, we can't afford to be doing that. Muddle along the best we can. Right. WQAM, there won't be anybody in this line that's been ringing too long. QAM, hello. Hello, Uncle Neil. You're the best. Yeah. You are the best, baby. I agree. I, I, I love I, you. Uh-huh. And to add to your poll, I would say, Walter uh, Cronkite, or even Paul Harvey. WQAM, Hello. Uncle Neil, happy Friday. Well, same to you. Uh, I don't know about your uh, handyman, whether he's dead or alive, but I have a celebrity death that I, I don't know if you know about. Barry Cowsill? No. Yeah, he... Uh, we, were just, we just got through playing that at the end of the show. George played Harry uh, the yesterday or the day before. It, it, George's fault again. 
Jesus, you know, you're killing everybody. <laughs> Sorry. I'm dying over here. Wow. Uh, Katrina victim. They uh, they just found his body. He'd been missing since September 1st, and uh, they just found it, I think, yesterday. Yeah. I, I don't remember which one was which because it's so they, many years ago. They all looked alike, and they all had those teeth, the David Letterman teeth. Yeah, but he, one of them was kind of cute. Maybe that was the one. Maybe. Oh, I hate that one cute yeah. guy. Well, by now, he probably was old and ugly anyway. Yeah. Well, 51. Oh. oh, the hell with it then. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the bad news. Yeah, sorry. Happy circus. Yeah, thank you. Oh, the cow piles, man. Now, they, they've made some fun music. They're just fine. Oh, what is that? Is that the rain, the park, and other things? All of those things. I mean, well, we don't want to hear that. We want to hear Hair again. Hair was their big hit. That's what made them fam- uh, flaming, uh, famous. The cow piles. They weren't around too long. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's that long pause. You could drive a Mack truck through it. Why Are you sure? Yes. I'm a hairy guy. Oh, if you're a hairy guy, then get away from me. I'm hairy noon and nighty night, night. All right. My hair is a fry. Well, this is the Ron Jeremy theme song. I'm hairy high and low. Rectum. But don't ask me why. Because he don't know. I don't have a bone spot. It's not for lack of bread. Like the Grateful, the grateful dead. dead. I don't even know what that line means. Do you have I didn't know he was dead. Uh oh. Cut the crap, Lalo. Here we go. Finally. Give me a head with hair. Long, beautiful hair. Shining, gleaming. Okay, that's enough of that. So Barry, Barry Cowpile is dead. Oh, gee, and I got another celebrity death coming up after the break. After this very brief break. <laughs> but they haven't died yet? They're going to die after the break? If you keep talking about them, they will. This is Neil Rogers. Let's talk about Pat Robertson. This is hey, Pat. With you, Lucky. Hi, I'm Joey D, formerly of Joey D and the Starlighters. I'm also founder of the Rock and Roll Rest Home where we provide care and treatment for many of the rock and roll stars you've loved so much in the past, but whose lives have been destroyed by crooked record companies. Stars like Mr. D. Clark over here. You can plainly see why we need your help. Over here, we have Danny Lupitas, who sang rhythm for the Gavones. Every now and then, I try to help him out. It's okay, Danny. Okay, calm down. I will help you. I don't know why I love you like I do. Please show your support by sending your checks to 442 Glenwood Avenue in Surf City. Our email address is brunswick.swan. For more information, just call Beachwood 45789. Thank you. I'm dying over here. Seems to be going around, as a matter of fact. Got a very sad uh, fax this morning from Alicia, who says, My brother used to work there, and I was hoping this note could find its way to Neil. Says, We've never met, but I'm Danny Ray, a.k.a. Dan Stewart. Now, do you ever know his name was Danny Ray? Uh, I might have. I didn't. Dan Stewart's younger sister, Alicia, 
I recall that Dan worked with you many years ago, and Dan always talked about you and the terrific people at your station. That was at IOD. After he left the station, he was always a loyal listener and loved your show. I have some sad, sad news. Dan passed away last Thursday in the Holy Cross Hospital in Fort Lauderdale. He was ill for some time. He was 45. 45, and he died. We're still in the process of making memorial arrangements. My brother, my mother, Phyllis, was hoping I could reach you to share the news. Thanks for making our brother laugh. Sincerely, Alicia Ray Litchfield. How do you like that? And here I thought, oh, we're fine. You're saying that. Last time we saw Dan Stewart was right in that studio, right across from where your little ass is sitting right now. Remember that? No. Nope. The hell you don't. This studio here? Yes. The day he came in and he tried to out Josh Morrow on the air. Josh Morrow that plays the Nick on the Young and Horny. Remember that? Yeah, but I thought that was at uh, IOD. No way. That was right there in that studio. All right. I'll take your word for it. saying that Josh Morrow was gay. And this one was gay. And that was, gay. But anyway... So our sympathies to uh, the family, and uh, I guess we're going to be passing a lot of sympathies along, right? And this one had nothing to do with me, because I haven't mentioned him in a long Bro. time, all right? I beg your pardon? This one had nothing to do with me. No, just yesterday you said... Oh, we're fine. I think that's what put him over the edge. No, I said... That's fine. Well, that's close enough. A lot of people dying all over the place, and just a couple of days ago I thought I was going to be next. Boy, I was not in good shape. And You know, one thing about some of you clowns in that place there, you, you just don't get it, do you? Including our good friend Muff. That, that line this morning, I, it just about knocked, you could have knocked me over with a feather duster. Of course, you could knock her over with a feather any time. But about, uh, well, you want me to send uh, Todd in here to uh, straighten that out a little? Another one of our little sales problems. I mean, is this, this man crazy? They just don't get it. It's like I'm, like I'm joking or something. Like it's a big, like a, a laugh riot. It's a lark. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, well. They just don't have any... Yeah, of course, salespeople are just uh, whores anyway, even more than those of us on the air. They, you know, they, they kill her grandma to sell a spot, to put some crap on the air, although they're not doing very well. Maybe their grandma's already dead. But, boy, they just, uh, they have no, no feeling for human beings. There's just no, uh, there, there's just no human component to it. It's just, I want to get that commission, and, I, and, of course, at our place, all you get is commission. So, what do you expect? you got a bunch of, and you would think that they'd be selling something, that having been said, but they're not. All they do is cause a lot of grief. So let me say this. Uh, we're pulling for you, Muff. We hope that you manage to salvage uh, your career as fading as it is at QAM. But nevertheless, cut the crap. No, I, and, I, you know, and then he says to me, did Joe Bell call you? You know, I'm, I'd be delighted to talk to Joe Bell next week or the week after that. There's no emergency. Right. There's no, like, uh, major, right? Yeah, we're not going anywhere. We, we I, I think I'm just going to stop answering the phone for a few days. Just leave me alone, okay? You don't have caller ID up there? No way, I can't get it on my uh, oh. because it's a, a building-wide system, and I don't have, like, my own individual thing, thing. Oh, if I had caught her ID, oh, I would have had another yeah. five years to my life. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Uh, Ron Hersey and Chuck Zink. Well, Chuck Zink's on there. Ron oh, Hersey? Ron Hersey is a South Florida <laughs> broadcasting legend? Yeah, why not? Yeah, down here. But Sonny Fox, I would say. Yeah, or Sonny Fall, yeah. Remember, remember, um... Uh, no. Yeah. No. Do you remember no. the whole morning show with uh, Suds, Rick and Suds, Heine in the morning, Heine in the evening? Was that them? Heine in the morning, Heine in the evening? Yeah, they would play that Heine bit. Can? Yeah, they would, they would play that bit, Heine. I mean, I'm, I'm remembering hearing Don't it a little bit. Don't keep saying that, man. Joyce is going to freak out. <laughs> I listen to you. I love you. I've been listening to you forever. And if I went the other way, I'd be your bitch any day. Okay, pal. You're not my type. Too old. Okay, now let's see. I never even read the poll, did I? All I did is read my own name. That was that was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> well, no, I got interrupted there by you with something. Right. Our goal is a thousand votes today during the show. We got a thousand thirty-six now. 
Who is South Florida's all-time broadcasting legend? Neil Rogers, 544. Yeah, but that's on his own show, and he's uh, patting himself on the back, and it's a, okay, whatever you say. By the way, he ain't on here. Ralph Redneck, 146. A strong second for Ralph, who was very ponderous and very pedantic, but uh, nevertheless, he was on a long time, and that's what counts. Skipper Chuck Zink, 74, who just uh, passed to the other side. Uh, 74 votes. Rick Shaw, 67. Ricky Tickey's been on the air more than 40 years in the market. I'm coming up to 30. He, is, he passed me a long time ago. In fact, uh, it's probably like 45 now, if you ask me. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Rick Shaw, and, he, and, and the best part of it is in those 45 years, he never washed that cap once. 67 for Ricky Tiki, Larry King, 45. That's shocking to me because I don't, I don't, you know. You see what I'm saying? What I, I, think, I think they're looking at what he accomplished afterward as opposed to whatever he did in South Florida, which was just basically uh, not too much. And Bishop, 44. She's right on Larry's ass. Jim Mandich, 34. Mike Ranieri, 27. Bob Weaver, 21. Hank Goldberg, 17. Tony Cigaretto, 7. That's silly. Craig Worthing, 4. Rick Weaver, 3. Arnie Warren, 3. And not yet for Don Cox and Alan Courtney. We need to add uh, Sonny Fox. Okay. Right? You don't think Sonny Fox is a... Uh, brave? No. He been, well, I don't care what... Like I said, I don't care what you think. Well, you asked. Although, now that you mentioned him, he'll probably croak pretty soon. Hey, if he survived Saul Foose, he can survive anything. Well, that's bad. I think Saul ripped him off for about six hundred grand. And that's sad. I mean, that's what sad. would you do to somebody who ripped you off for about six hundred grand? Okay. In the leg, of course. So I told George and Josh before the show that uh, our, our deal is off. I'm sure they never brought you in Magnolia anyway, right? No, they uh, they threatened to, but never did. Yeah. Well, forget about it. But oh, no, no, but Josh, rate, I it cause, uh, huh? I said at this rate, I'm not going to watch it anyway. But you know, what what does that mean? <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's just not my kind of movie. <laughs> oh, in other words, it's good? Is that what it is? No, in other words, I'm, I'm giving you a, uh, what you give me with City of God. So. Hey, listen, I made my second attempt last night, and this is even before you saw Magnolia, it was on an HD, no less, City of God on my cable. And I thought, and I looked at it, it was an hour into the movie, and I thought, well, I never got past the first 15 or 20 minutes, so this would right. be good. Now I can get into the listen, meat of the movie. you missed five minutes. And see what it's really... Look, look. If there's a five can minute I, can I just give mind. my opinion without you always, like, uh, interjecting? Right. Can I just give it, and then you can, like, uh, say all your crap? I doubt it. I came to the part where, they're like, all these uh, kids... First of all, it's photographed, and George says, well, it's supposed to be like a documentary. It's photographed in puke vision. In other words, the camera's jiggling around, and all these little kids are running all around and uh, making noise, and, uh, you know... And then I get to the scene where there's uh, the guy with the, uh, the the ringleader, the gang leader, one that's got him like all under his thumb. Lil Z. Z. Yeah, that's the guy, Lil Z. And uh, he's got the two little kids there and uh, backed up against the wall. And he says, uh, okay, take your choice. Should I shoot you in the foot or in the hand? And there's one little kid's crying. They're both crying. And uh, he shoots the kid in the foot and the blood's spurting out of his, his gym shoe and, uh, you know. And then he says, he says to one of the other kids, he says, okay, now I want you to shoot and kill one of them. You, you pick whichever one you want. Show me you're a real man. And the kid's standing there and holding the gun. And I'm convinced at this point that he's going to, like, uh, you know, take the gun and give it back to him. Like, and instead, bada bing, and he kills the, uh, one of the, uh, the other kid who didn't get, I guess he wanted to even it out because the right. first kid got shot in the foot. And the other one never got no shot at all. So he didn't have no shot because he was dead. Right. And at that point, I changed the channel. It's just, I mean, it's just, well, what is the point? Well, it, 
if you finish, if you actually watch the movie, I will not finish. End, I will I not know. watch it. So you'll never know the answer to that question. Oh, jeez. You know something? I don't know how I'll go on. I, I know, but there. And so instead, I watched that point. movie Love and Hate with Kate Nelligan, which was a CBC TV movie, but nevertheless, I'd seen it before. Uh, a true story about Colin uh, Thatcher who was a Saskatchewan uh, cabinet member and who uh, had his wife killed, who's in jail right now. They just last year mm -hmm. turned out his appeal for uh, early parole. But nevertheless, and that was a pretty interesting movie. Plus, uh, he had a hot son in there, too. I beg your pardon? I said, I want to see it. I like well, that, that's what hooked me on it. Mm -hmm. Well, you oh, know, you know how that is. I do. We're all the same. We, we see somebody looks pretty to us, and all oh, we get hooked and then find out it's a no pretty question. good enter entertaining show, whatever it is. Or, or not, but nevertheless. Well, well, there you go. Love and Hate is the name of the movie. I'm sure it'll be on your... Cable sometime soon. Can't wait for love and hate. Five six seven oh five. So did I ever read the list or not? I never. Still haven't gotten through it. This is great. Yeah, I did. I just got through finally reading the whole thing. Alan Courtney doesn't have any. That's because all his listeners are dead already. Boy, never met the man, but I, I in in uh, posthumously, I'd like to give him a great uh, vote of thanks. Because he he uh, got very deathly ill. He had been on the air at night. He was the king of the nighttime. Ah, crusty old fart. Talking to ancient people for many, many years. And then on W. Snooze, when they put me on from 8 to midnight, I remember one of the uh, salespeople, I wasn't supposed to hear it, but I remember overhearing the conversation, oh, who's going to buy Neil Rogers when he's on against Alan Courtney? What chances he got? Yeah, I remember hearing that conversation. And then I knew that salespeople mostly were idiots anyway. But uh, come to find out that not only was he deathly ill, but he did die, and he never came back on the air. And so I kind of like inherited that nighttime audience, those people older than Methuselah. So I owe him a big, uh, that's for you, Alan, sweetheart. And then his son, Kevin Courtney, remember he went on IOD very briefly and did a talk show, and his whole thing was ripping me an ass. That I do remember. So many of these people, I don't know what they, I never even, I don't think I even met Kevin Courtney. If he Kevin walked, Courtney, uh, you, you did, but uh, it was... Well, crazy. he was like a news flunky there, wasn't That's, he? That is correct. He was a news flunky, and then they gave him like a weekend talk show to fill up some dead time they had nobody to put on the air. And his idea of it, like Dickie Farkle, oh, I'm going to make a talk show out of ripping Neil Rogers. That's a, that's a talk show. Oh, okay, whatever you say. And he always delivered the news in the same, like, upbeat way, even if it was a terrible tragedy. 500 people were killed in a bloody crane crash. Right. <laughs> well, maybe he knew Angela Ray. And I'm hearing some spy reports about well, that one, too, using all of my drop-ins and about, uh, oh, having real... Uh, well, that's the way it goes. A lot of wannabes in this business. That's why some of these names that people are sending in. Radio legend Chris Baker. Oh, my God. 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 This is five, oh God, six, oh God. Oh this is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? Are you tired of the same old, same old when it comes to ice cream parlors? Yeah, boy! Well, you're in luck. From the company that brought you the successful ice cream chain, Baskin Robbins 31 Flavors brings you the first ever inner city ice cream parlor from Public Enemy's number two rapper. Introducing Baskin Robbins 31 Flavor Flames. Yeah, boy! That's right. At 31 Flavor Flames, we put a little something-something into ordinary ice cream. Instead of a boring old chocolate, at 31 Flavor Flames, it's called Scoop of Chocolate, bitch! Yeah! Boy. And let's not forget about the scrumptious treat, Rocky Road, motherfucker. There's also Neapolitan can kiss my black ass, strawberry can suck my ghetto d and our brand new flavor, Moose Tracks, up on your white ass. Yeah, boy! 31 Flavor Flaves, where our motto is, stop in and grab a scoop. 
bitch. It's 11.01 at 5.60 WQAM. we got Mo Howard David in it at 2. we got a pristine schedule today. Well, almost. Well, I guess it is. Mad Dog at 4, three solid hours. Curtis Stevenson, 7 o'clock, uh, the only Curtis in the building that we really like. Eddie Kay at 10 o'clock tonight. Aren't you excited about that? By the way, a little programming note for George. You know that Duke Cunningham bit? Which one? The one that I just played a little while ago. Okay, yeah, that one. Duke, Duke, that one, the Boca Brian bit. Right. Uh, it needs a bleep in there because even though he says a fat old fart or whatever it is, it sounds, it's a little, uh, you know, it's up for a grab. So I have him redo it. No, you don't have to have me redo it. Well, if you're that lazy, I mean, I can redo no, it. I, I am put that the bleep lazy, in myself. But, uh, I can put a little uh, one of those in. I beg your pardon? Uh, I said I am that lazy, but, uh, you know. Or I can put a, one of those in. He loves in, doing it. He loves redoing bits. Does he really? It, it, it thrills well, him. yeah, it takes up another one of the uh, four or five on the uh, disc that way. No, he doesn't know? charge for those. He just uh, He's always trying to... He doesn't uh, charge for those. Well, what, is, what does that mean? He doesn't, he doesn't charge, charge for the redone bits, oh. but he's always looking to improve the bits. Well, he uh, needs to put a little something in there on that one. Anyway, Sharon rushed back to operating theater for emergency surgery. And, of course, now he's out of surgery already. See, the, see how fast these stories uh, go? Oh, here we go. Third surgeon's uh, Over with. Even scan shows improvement, but condition's still critical. Somewhat, uh, oh, and there is pedantic wolf on Blitzkrieg. Recover somewhat uh, in uh, West Virginia and uh, banjo on his knee. Boy, he just makes me angry. Such a jackass. Oh, but he's a great journalist, Wolf Blitzkrieg, and he likes talking to people like their little kindergarten children in West Virginia. I think the only guy that's more pedantic than him is Bob Woodward. Senator, Senator, I can't even do it the way he does. He makes it like a ten-syllable word, you know. Senator Kennedy, uh, oh, he's just plus a jackass and ought to be in jail. But nevertheless... Ariel Sharon, at 800-pound slob, was rushed back to the operating room today, and now he's out. I just gave you the latest bulletin there. He's gravely ill, Davy Gravy Line ill. He's been in a medically induced coma after a massive stroke on Wednesday, and the new bleeding discovered in a CAT scan this morning was creating more pressure inside his cranium, said Dr. Shlomo Moryosef. Isn't that what we need, Moryosef? More Shlomo, at least. It was decided to take the Prime Minister to the operating room to deal with these issues, and now he's out of there, and uh, they said, uh, you know, good luck to you. Now, here's the most important story of all. Let's spend at least 20, 30 hours on this, on that jackass, that lunatic, Pat Robertson. And you know the best part of it is? All those old shut-ins that watched that 700 Club, this is, and then sent all their money, you know? This is the sad part. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he'd be like, you know, like Comedy Central. He'd be, he'd be good for a laugh. Christian broadcaster Pat Robertson suggested yesterday that Israeli Prime Minister Ariel Sharon's stroke was divine punishment for dividing God's land. Oy. God considers this land to be his, Robertson said on his TV program, The 700 Club. You read the Bible and he says, this is my land. And for any Prime Minister of Israel who decides he's going to carve it up and give it away, God says, no, this is mine. So he's, I guess he's zapped him, you know. And that's why the, the finger of God sent down that lightning bolt right in his... Rectum. And he stroked him out. Sharon, who ordered Israel's withdrawal from Gaza last year, suffered as well, we know that. In Robertson's broadcast from his Christian Broadcasting Network in Virginia Beach. Isn't it interesting? Where's the Afalwa one? Where's uh, in Virginia? Oh, Lynchburg. I don't know. Oh, Lynchburg. Okay. <laughs> Appropriate. Yeah, and this one's in Virginia Beach, Virginia. In Norfolk, the evangelist said he had personally prayed about a year ago with Sharon, whom he called a very tender-hearted man and a good friend. He said he was sad to see Sharon in this condition. He also said, however, that in the Bible, the prophet Joel, is that Joel Feinberg? 
Could be. Makes it very clear that God has enmity against those who divide my land. When you got en God's enmity against you, you got the real service. Sharon was dividing God's land, and I would say, Woe unto any prime minister of Israel who takes a similar course to appease the EU, the UN, the UN or the USA. In discussing what he said was God's insistence that Israel not be divided, Robertson also referred to the 95 assassination of Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin, who had sought to achieve peace by giving land to the Palestinians. It was a terrible thing that happened, but nevertheless, he was dead, he said. <laughs> People for the American Way Foundation, which monitors the 700 Club, criticized Robertson's remarks, calling them an implicit reference to recent steps the Prime Minister has taken to advance the Israeli-Palestinian peace process. Once again, Pat Robertson leaves us speechless with his insensitivity and arrogance, the group's president, Ralph Nee, said in a statement. The Reverend Barry Lynn, executive director of Americans United for Separation of Church and State, said, A religious leader shouldn't be making callous political points while a man is struggling for his life. You're struggling. You're struggling. Maybe the struggling lady will call in and say, You're struggling. Pat Robertson has a political agenda for the entire world, and he seems to think God is ready to take out any world leader who stands in the way of that agenda, Lynn said in a statement. Like uh, poor Hugo Chavez. Robertson's spokeswoman, Angel Watts, said of critics who challenge his remarks, what they're basically saying is, how dare Pat Robertson quote the Bible? This is what the Word of God said, Watts said. This is not, nothing new to the Christian community. A bunch of crazy people. In August, Robertson suggested, well, we know about Hugo Chavez. Right? Yeah, we do. Commie. Communist. When in doubt, take him out. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, you can add Sonny Hurt to the poll, it says. Do you think Sonny was a radio legend? Um, no. No. I mean, we, we like Sonny. Him. We like him a lot. I'm, I'm trying to be objective here, and I knew all of these people and worked with most of these people, but, I mean, Sonny was a good guy. We liked him a lot, but he was, he was hardly a radio legend. But you want to put him on there? It'll make Hank feel better. Sure. It'll make me feel better. Will it really? I like Sonny. I, I like Sonny a lot. Why, now, why do you say it like I didn't? Well, now you start with that Rick Riley stuff again, you know. Now you keep trying to right. tell me that you like Rick Riley. Well, let's not go that far. Yeah, I, I don't. I'll be very honest with you. I, I'm ambivalent about him. I love Suds. Everybody loves Suds Coleman. He's a great guy and a good friend, and uh, you know he's not a phony. Uh, Rick, I, I don't know. Rick is one of those guys. He's hard to like. Is that a good way to put it? That's a very good way to put it. He, he, do you, you know people like that? They may, you want to like them, mm -hmm. but they make it difficult for you to do it. They don't help themselves. Right. You want to like them a lot. And in fact, you know something? Once upon a time, I would put him in the same category. Of course, Very we're good. way past that deal now. But there's another one. My chum? I actually want, yeah, George bonded with Mo yesterday. There's a bulletin for you in Clarence's office. And how'd it go? Uh, was it better than Josh's last encounter with a Mo man? Did he talk to you about uh, facing uh, the music? Yeah, I didn't hear that George had to face no, the music. No, we weren't. Uh, he didn't sing and I didn't dance. Oh, no. Maybe next time. Did you, uh, were you, like, uh, stuttering? No, I wasn't stuttering. We, uh, oh, well, we, I guess that's why you didn't have to face the music. We traded some jokes. Get out of here. Uh, I'd love to. No, seriously, what, what was this all about? I mean, sure I the audience the, is I on pins I was in, the, uh, in Clarence's office delivering a, uh, something. What, you know, a sheet, pushing paper. And he happened to be uh, coming out of the studio, walking into Clarence's office at the time. And uh, I told you what he said. He said, uh, you know, Jorge, you little MF. And I said, right on all counts. And then we started trading jokes. He started it. You started trading jokes? This is for serious? Well, no, for comedy. Oh, I thought maybe Howard would be doing them on uh, <laughs> Monday morning on serious. Here's a fact that says, speaking of Phil Henry, the phony new Republican greedy turd, on his website you have to pay in order to email him. 
says, I got that bastard and keep getting him. I paid a membership fee just to screw him up. I got his email address when I paid the fee and proceeded to go to about 50 different websites and give out his email address for spam. He's had to change his website member's email address three times now. says, screw him. Are you sure? Yep. Also, this faxer says, is obviously just filled with uh, hostility, and rightfully so. It says, speaking of Dan Stewart, I was working with him one Christmas morning. Oh, I was working with him at one Christmas morning at WYOD as a board op. Now, there's no name on this. How come, you know, why can't they tell us who the hell this is? I know. We were there at that time. Yeah. Probably 1990-ish as a board op. After doing his news at the top of the hour, he comes in and starts talking to me. I don't just do radio, you know. I also dance on the side. You know, stripping, the women go crazy, but I like dancing for men more, he said. And then it says, oh, boy. Gay. Well, I mean, that's no secret, I don't think. No. In fact, in fact, when he came on, on, I can't believe you can't remember that conversation. I remember the said, conversation. He said to me it. in talking about Josh Morrow, he said, right. yeah, he's one of us. I remember that conversation. He's one IOD. of us. So I hardly think that Dan was in a closet. And at this point, does it make a difference? No. Maybe he thought, maybe he was talking about Jewish. And by the way, Dan, uh, Adam still ain't interested. Just as a kind of a parting on the way out, I just passed that along. Well, Adam never told me any stories about him. He never did? Not about him. Well, I don't want to go into it. Oh, oh, that was about, I'm sorry, I got that confused. That was uh, uh, Brian Andrews. Correct. But he's still alive, so we better not say that. No. Miss Andrews was uh, had the hots for Adam. Well, anyway, a lot of uh, Yay. Broad, broadcasters. A fact, the faxes are just pouring in. Now, don't we have Bill Tanner on here? Speaking of what? He definitely belongs on there. Sure, why not? More than Sonny, I mean, you know. I used to actually like Tanner once upon a time until he uh, hung up the phone. Or did he hang up on me? Or I, yeah, he hung up. Remember that? No, I don't. I wasn't there. When I was trying to get my money out of Greg Reed in the beginning before oh. I went on the air, and they were, like, uh, yanking me around, I was not good. What? But now then we uh, kind of kissed and made up. Especially that day I came in and saw he looked like death on two legs. Uh-huh. Now, what did he have? Did he have, like, a bypass? He had something. He had some serious issues. He had an overpass. I believe Bill Tanner of Tanner in the Morning Fame must be added to a list of this type. His uh, was the voice uh, which introduced me to the 70s music in the South Florida market. He was number one in the local ratings for a long time. Now, here, and, and then, see, here's a fax from Keith that starts out right on, and then give me a break. I would also include the mu much justifiably maligned Steve Kane. <laughs> During his WIOD pre-WABC days, was one of the best-liked and most talented radio performers in South Florida. No, that is absolutely incorrect. Uh, he, he's one of the few people who has been on the market that long. That I'll never. He had one good book. That was the first book after I went to IOD, and he was doing afternoons. And then the book after that, uh, all the people went away after they heard the contract controversy and the same guest for the 400th time. Uh, that was the end of that. This is a man who's had no numbers. He's on a state. I told Lasseter yesterday, he asked me about Kane. I said, he's on a station. I said, if you held a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you the call it is of the station he's on. That's, that, that he, and, and, of course, buying his way on the air. So how could you say that that's a radio legend? Somebody who's like basically been invisible for years and years now, and nobody even knows what station he's on? Please, Keith. I mean, you, you, Tanner, you're right on there. We got it on there yet? Yes. But, Mr. Ego, you've got to be Schmidt and me, man. Just a dismal failure. It says, P.S. I regret that WLAC in Nashville became a talk show in the 80s. It was one of the greatest music uh, stations prior to the 80s. Well, I regret it, too, because I had to spend a month there. Oh, we had a little fun. It was okay for a month. That was enough for me. I remember that landlady of mine. Oh, you're just going to love Nashville. There's two kinds of people. There's Nashville folks, and then there's people from New York which was her code uh, for Jews. Little did she know. You know? I see. Uh-huh. Well, she didn't. What a, what a yahoo. Two kind of people. You're just going to love Nashville. Nashville, not Nashville, Nashville. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
So when I hear these people, like the caller we had yesterday, the guy moved to Tennessee and he's real happy. Now, that, that, that's the ultimate indictment against South Florida. When people even go to Tennessee and they're happy, that should tell you a lot. And especially when you got like 175. Uh, oh, look at this fact check. Michael Jackson bought a hyperbaric chamber for... Per Aren't you excited about that? Thrilled. Can I go home yeah. now? I mean, Michael Jackson did this, and Howard Stern did that, and uh, Paris Hilton does this. And Howard did this, and Michael did that, and Paris Hilton didn't do either one of them. 11.13, and Al Goldstein. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Absolutely. Yeah. going to lay down on the floor and take a nap. Hopefully not a dirt nap. All right. Because a lot of people are. Here's another one. Just died. Fresh? This morning. Fresh off the uh, gurney. Lou Rawls. Get out. Okay, I just made it up. Would you believe Lou Crone? Lou Rawls, whose mellifluous baritone was featured on hits ranging from his own You'll Never Find Another Love Like Mine, to Sam Cooke's Bring It Home, uh, Bring It On Home to Me, has died. He was 70. He died. That's his pipes. Let me say it again. He died. Lou. Now, you can read a, read a weathercast on this. Lou. Rawls died this morning... At an L.A. hospital, according to a spokesperson, died of lung cancer. Oh, no. Looks like it's struck again. Right. It's I'm sure he's going to start singing. Sometime. The singer was also known. <laughs> he was as well known for his charitable activities as he was for his four-octave range. He founded the Lou Rawls Parade of Stars Telethon, which raised millions of dollars for the United Negro College Fund. He didn't raise any money for the United White College Fund, but he raised a lot of money for the United Negro College Fund. Rawls was born December 1st, 1935 in Chicago. A childhood friend of Sam Cooke, and like Cooke, trained in gospel. As a teenager, he took Cooke's place in Cooke's gospel group, the Highway QCs, and later supported Cooke on tour and in the studio. He nearly died in an auto accident while traveling with Cooke in 1958, spending several days in a coma. Did you know that? No, I did not. Wow. Rawls had his first big solo hit with 1966's Love is a Hurtin' Thing, which earned him mention Arthur Conley's Sweet Soul Music. He had his biggest hit in 76 with You'll Never Find Another Love Like Mine, which topped the R&B charts and hit number two on the pop charts. Other hits include Your uh, Good Thing is About to End, Natural Man, and Lady Love. Lady Love. I don't have that. But you I do have Lady a, Love. This is a Love is a Hurtin' Thing. Well, I'm dying out of here. Lou Rawls is dead. 
Skipper Chuck is dead. Dan Stewart is dead. Izzy, we still can't find out about. Ariel Sharon uh, might coughing as well be. Blood. Ariel Sharon's coughing up blood. Well, well, there it is. Look at that. Grammys and selling over 40 million albums. Actually, I've made some movies. Some real, you know, feature films, theaters. The multi-talented musician had small parts in several big-budget films, including Blues Brothers 2000. He even lent his voice talents to the Rugrats movie in 1998. Rawls was also known for his tireless efforts to promote education. Instead of talking about it, he did something. In 1979, he began the annual telethon, the Lou Rawls Parade of Stars, now called an Evening of Stars. The event has raised over $200 million for the United Negro Now, those stars have like six points. I say if they can get to go to school and get an education, they'll learn. They're sat on the corner trying to think of things that are negative, but obsolete. Because we now live in a high-tech society, and knowledge is the key. Education. Well, you, you can see right there that he wasn't going to be around too long. You know why? Purple lips. See what I'm saying? Maybe he liked grape juice. Not a good sign. Being a smoker, but quit 35 years ah, ago. Ah, too late. Battling both lung and brain cancer, Rawls remained upbeat. Lung and Saying, brain cancer. Me out, brother. Back in 1994, we asked him how he would like to be remembered. Somebody that took the problem in hand and tried to deal with it. Somebody tried to help somebody else help themselves because it helps me in return. Well, there you go. There's a good guy, Lee Rawls, and now he's dead. You see, the Lord works in mysterious ways. You were just talking about him yesterday, weren't you? Uh, all day long. Yeah. Playing his tunes. Who is South Florida's all-time broadcasting legend? Uh, Lenny Martez hasn't started yet, but he'll pass everybody. Neil Rogers, 588. How many votes we got? Our goal is 1,000. We got 1,127. Neil Rogers, 588. Ralph Rennick, 166. Skipper Chuck, 81. Wouldn't you have thought he'd done better than that? I would have, especially, uh, you know. I thought he was going to win it. I mean, when I did put this oh, thing on no. here. What? You knew you would. Get out of here. Bye. Skipper Chuck. My God, the guy's out of the out of the scene for a while. He's not even cold yet. Rick Shaw, seventy-five. Larry King, forty-seven. We ought to put an asterisk next to that because that's that's post Miami fame. Because the only thing he ever did in Miami, he worked on um, he worked on IOD before it was IOD. What I want to call it is we've got that one cart with a uh, jingle. What it used to be? I don't know. Oh, jeez, I, I forget. Or maybe he worked first on the KAT. I don't know where the hell he started. And then he was on nights at IOD for a, a couple of years. And then uh, he went to Mutual right after that. So he, But whatever. Everybody knows Larry King. And everybody, uh, he owes them all money, too. And Bishop, 47. Boy, that's scary. You know, Ralph Redneck and Ann Bishop and all them TV people are dead. And probably Walter Cronice, too, with the bow tie. Didn't he die not too long ago? Don't know. Walter Cronice from Channel 10, the weatherman with the bow tie. Don't remember him? Nope. Get out of here. I don't. Uh, where am I? King 48, Mad Dog 35, Ranieri. Mike Ranieri's got... About 30, man. Great guy. And on for a long time. He was legendary, and then they screwed him big time at IOD. They really stuck it to him. Like they do in this business, man. That's their speciality du jour. It's called talent on a stick, as they stick it to you. Bob Weaver, 21. Hank Oberg, 19, for the humper. Tony Cigaretto 7, which is really kind of silly. It's just he's been on a long time. He's a silly sports guy being a news guy. All right, Tony, you silly goose. Craig Worthing 4, 
Rick Weaver, three. Solamente Trace. Arnie Warren, three. I'm amazed that he's got three votes. I bet you Ken Malden voted at least once. Arnie and Amos. Uh, did you hear the Arnie Warren show on GBS? No. You missed nothing. Boy, he hey. was. I, I'm sure Ken would take exception to that because he worked on GBS with Arnie for a long time. So probably and the, the passage of time kind of like twists your memory, you know, nostalgia, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Everything seems so much better. Arnie Warren sucked. Uh, Bill Tanner won. What? And none yet for Sonny Hurst, Sonny Fox, Don Cox, or Alan Courtney. How do you like Sonny Hurst, Sonny Fox, Don Cox, Alan Courtney? Has a good sound to it. 1136 votes. That, that business about Steve Kane, about how he was beloved. And, oh, I mean, it just makes me want to get on the floor and puke to listen to some of these talk show groupies. What are you talking about, man? Jesus, talk about a, a phenomenal. Remember when he, he was part of the, how many times did they try to do talk on INZ? About 30, man. Remember that after uh, Passion got sure. it and then their cheap channel? I think it was when Passion still had it. And they tried to make it, that was when Rick and Sudden, uh, before Rick and Suds. They had Kane on in the morning. Who were some of the other people? They had, didn't they have Karen Kay on also? Right. No, she was on IOD, but I think then she was on over there. Yeah. I don't remember who the losers. Attention. Uh huh. I paid no oh, and they also had what's his name, the one that hated me like poison. I thought was my, I thought was my good buddy from Zeta, John uh, from Texas. What was his name? Ford. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think he was kin to Dan Ford Cooley. Remember him? Yes, I do. I forget. He was out with some broad there in the morning, and boy, they did the. And, and anyway, well, the point I'm trying to make is that those people had numbers that make even 790s numbers look good. They had oh, point. Oh. They had nothing. On a 50,000-watt signal right there at 940 in the middle of the dial, one of the great signals in uh, Florida, and they couldn't, they couldn't generate enough audience to fill a freaking uh, teacup, to fill a thimble. Wow. I had almost forgotten about that era. Mr. Ego and John Ford and some bimbo that was on there with him. and uh, Oh, brother. This, desperate. Just desperate. But nevertheless, there have been a lot of real uh, great talents come through the market over the years. Haven't there? We haven't heard too many of them, but I'm sure they were really good. They, they were just so good, they moved up to the big time. Now, see, like, if we put Randy on there, then she would probably get a lot of votes, too, because of the fact that now she's on Scare America using all my uh, drop-ins and material. But uh, she doesn't qualify. How long was she on? Like two, three years? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Well, it wasn't very long. No, not at all. And then unless you count her uh, time at J&O, which, you know, you could put their signal also in the same teacup in West Palm. Palm Beach crowd thinks that, and, and Palm Beach people probably want to put what's-his-name on there, or Jack Cole. Anybody in Data Broward know who Jack Cole was? No. Because he, he would, see, if the question was a Palm Beach County legendary broadcaster, that would be Jack Cole. And probably that would be the only one, wouldn't you think? At least. But you don't even know who now that is, do you? Old King Cole? Or Dickie Farkle. He's on that station PBR. That's got like six watts. And at night, they, at night they crank it down with a minus in right. front of it. I used power. to work with him at IOD. Did you really? Dickie Farkle? When he was on the evening there. The, the Neil Basher? There was another one. He thought he was right. going to make a whole career out of just ripping me an ass. And all, uh, all your people would call and crank him. Yeah. And uh, I just didn't understand what it was all about. Now, here's one that might be uh, legendary. Uh, you know, it's kind of like on a borderline. Okay. Give you, I'll give you a clue. Come on, Neil. You need a better net. Why, she? Yeah, he's legendary, all right. Oh, yeah, he was. I like to do something with kids, you know. Get in. Put on this gymnastics uniform, you know. Oh, man. Oh, man is right. Really? I, and up till this moment, I never knew about that. Well, I mean, I wasn't really all that gay until now. 
Number one. <laughs> oh, you fairy. The Sheik. How long was he on? About two minutes? At least. Remember what Steve Nichols said about it. Oh, yeah. Neil with, uh, without the drops. Right. Isn't that the line? That was the line. Right. That's Steve Nichols. He sure had his thumb on it. Or he, maybe, maybe he didn't have his thumb on it. Maybe he had his nose on it. Oh, I'm sorry. Because I always thought he, uh, he blows. 28 past 11. We got the Molemeister speaking of that coming up at 2 this afternoon. March 10th. Mark that date on the calendar. That'll be the mystery date. Because that's supposedly the last date on the Mo's uh, agenda. Now, that was okay. a good line he had, though, for very jackass. That was cute. i got to read that again. In case it anybody was missed it. cute, actually. Yeah. Uh, KISS General Manager Joe Bell replaces Greg Reed at QM, writes Barry. Unresolved is the future of afternoon host Howard David, whose contract expires March 10th. David reiterated, it's highly unlikely he'll remain at QAM. We had agreed Greg was going to give me a proposal to renew my contract or leave early, but obviously his dog ate it, Mo said. I mean, uh, uh, whatever his name is. Isn't that cute? That's hysterical. Maybe that's why. Maybe he's in one of those great yucking up moods. Maybe that's why he's exchanging all them dirty uh, stories with the yesterday. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. In October, Sylvester Stallone announced Rocky VI. Then in early November, he announced Rambo IV. Now, the news Stallone fans have been waiting decades for. Sylvester Stallone is Rocky Balboa. How you doing? And John Rambo. How you doing? In Rocky VI, Rambo IV. Rocky versus Rambo. Hey, yo, Rambo. Hey, yo, Rocky. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? Yo, Paul, how you doing? From the producers of Freddy vs. Jason and Alien vs. Predator, Rocky Six, Rambo Four, Rocky vs. Rambo. Uh, hey, yo, Rambo, that's a mean Latuki guy. Uh, oh. Hey, yo, Rocky. Hey, yo, what? Rocky Six, Rambo Four, Rocky vs. Rambo. Absolutely, absolutely. Coming soon, going away even sooner. 27 to Luna QM. Now, let's see. Hank picks uh, Washington in that game. I can't believe that. Can you yeah, believe that, John? I can't believe that either, Hank. Wow. Washington sucks. <laughs> I mean, they, they were desperate just to, to win that last game, weren't they? I, mean, I saw the end of it. I mean, they've been playing well, but, uh, you know. They won five in a row. So the Dolphins, like I told Hank, won six in a row. Well, what does that mean about the price of peas in Peoria, huh? It means nothing. It means they're due to lose. Well, I just I think they're more marginal at best. And Mark Brunel, oh, boy. I mean, when you don't have, like, a, a top-flight quarterback, you're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. Oh, I'm sorry, Josh. Hey. What do you got? You got uh, Chris Sims' Chris kid, Sims. and you got uh, Brian Greasy, too, if he ever gets uh, healed up. No, he won't. I know. You got Chris Sims, whose daddy just won't shut up for a lover money. Pop, 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 like that. Got Denise Potvin syndrome. Speaking of Denise Potvin, how about those Panthers? Let's see. Are they playing? Oh, yeah. Here's another scandal. Oh, my God. You see, when college sports takes precedence over a professional uh, sporting event, that's a, that's scandalous to me. So obviously they got some, uh, you know, real cush contract there with the Hurricanes because Hurricane basketball is on tomorrow on our station, and the Panther game, which happens to be a day game, the Ranger Panther game is uh, on KT. You see what I'm saying? I mean, the Panthers are in a, at least close to a professional sporting team as opposed to a college team, a college basketball. Maryland and the Hurricanes as opposed to the Panthers and the Rangers. So the uh, Panther game will probably be on KAT. I just, that's a good thing I mentioned that, ain't it? 
Yeah, because there'll be a humongous tune-in audience for that. I just, I just find that hard to... And Lenny Martez after the Panther game, or after the... Uh, whatever it is. Oh, I see. So what's probably going to happen is they'll, after the uh, Hurricane game, they'll, like, sw swap it back over. I don't know what they're going to do, and they probably don't either. Lenny Martez, 4-7. to seven. I will say this about Joe uh, Bell, our new GM. He yeah. actually uh, went around... Huh? Yeah, go ahead. No, he actually came around and asked people about radio things, like how does this work and what is that. You know, things about radio, which I find really refreshing and a breath of fresh air. I was a little... Did he ask about anything about sports? No, actually. There you go. Didn't. What a refreshing thing. By the way. Yes. Whacker. W-A-C-K-R. W-A-C-R. W-C-K-R. C-K-R. Boker, Brian. Oh, and by the way, uh, Chicken, uh, clean up your act a little bit. You're getting a little bit careless here lately. He said he'll be more than happy to uh, re-enunciate that bit in a uh, clear and clean fashion. Did he tell you what the word was? But. The word is a fat butt. But. Fat oh, butt. Oh, thank, oh, thank God. I, I, I'm sure it wasn't the F word, but it I, sounded, it was just a little bit too fuzzy, you know? <laughs> it was a fuzzy butt. Yeah, fuzzy butt. Yeah, that's what it was. Maybe it was Dan Stewart's. Oh, sorry, Dan. Here's a fact that said, oh, come on, come on. A radio legend can't be somebody that was on the air and never had any ratings. I mean, how is that keeping a radio legend or a broadcasting legend? See, that would be like saying that Angela Ray is a South Florida broad. Not yet, but soon. Oh, she will be. She's the Cacklin uh, legend. Facts is, oh, this is University Dodge. Must be uh, Kimba Bocamper's boyfriend over there. You notice how many faxes we get over there? Boy, yeah. sell some cars and uh, SUVs over there, guys. Sell some trucks. They're busy uh, faxing us morning, noon, and night, but we sure like them a lot. We like Kimba Bocamper a lot, too, even though he is a dullard. I didn't like her, but Sandy Payton Manning, then it says. Huh? Oh, Sandy Payton Manning. Gay. Uh, we'll get some votes, and uh, don't forget, hello, Big. Big Wilson was not, he was on the air for like two, three years. Well, didn't we go through this, like, uh, at the beginning of this? Right. How long was the Channel 6 thing on Night Owl uh, movies? About a couple of years? Uh, I don't know. I used to watch it, but maybe. See, again, here's the question. Who is South Florida's all-time broadcasting legend? Not just somebody that you liked or was popular. We could put Dave Dixon on there, too, if you're going to put those late-night movie things. Dave Dixon, I think, was uh, equally, uh, right. maybe even more popular than Big, wouldn't you say? And M.T. Graves. Oh, please. <laughs> And jumping Jack O'Brien. I mean, how, how about uh, Russell Oasis, for Christ's sakes? Sure. I'll tell you one thing, boy. you have you got to hand it to a guy that's got very little talent. There's a guy that became a, a self-made multimillionaire. The first, this is a little piece of trivia that I'm sure Blind Michael will remember, because he actually called in. Not that we were taking calls, but off the air. I'm, I'm doing weekends. I'm kind of like auditioning at IOD before I got my job at KAT. And I'm, I'm disc jockey. I'm playing music. And guess who I followed? couple of weekends I worked there at Russ Oasis. And I'm sitting that? there playing a record, and the phone rings, and I pick it up. W-I-O-D. Oh, hi, you, you sound just like uh, somebody. I don't know who the hell I sounded like. Like Russ Oasis. So from the very first day on a year, and it wasn't even like a regular job to now, there was Mike Lance all the way through. he got to be like 98 now, you know? I'd imagine. Take good care of yourself, Mike. We don't want to be announcing your obit on here. Seems like everybody else is saying the same thing. I'm dying over here. Jesus Christ. Lou Rawls and Skipper Chuck and uh, Dan Stewart and maybe uh, Izzy, but I can't find out. I sure hope not. Hope Izzy's okay, folks. My handyman. That's because I want to get that fence finished. Well, I'll tell you, and I don't have to tell anybody, but I'll tell you anyway. Trying to get something done. Yeah. 
trying to get your roof fixed or your uh, anything. It's just a uh, man, a hassle and a half, a Hasselhoff. Because uh, everybody and their brothers got damaged from Wilma, and as a result, a lot of these uh, fakers that, you know, ordinarily they're just sitting on their ass, uh, they, they just uh, overbooked. You know what I'm saying? What do you say? Don't you think? Yes, I do. Or maybe I should just uh, have a lot more calls, man. I don't know. I'd sure like to find out about Izzy if he's okay. You think Izzy? Let's hope. WQAM, hello. Uncle Neil, how are you? Okay. I was, again, very sorry to hear about Skipper Chuck that I was on his show, and I remember, you know, I remember vividly, you know, how exciting a time that was, you know, when I was a kid. I don't know, do you remember? I don't know if George remembers. I don't know how long ago he lived here, but does he, do you guys remember a, a child, you know, show called um, Banjo Billy? Yes. You do remember? Okay, so I did uh, who, not. Whose show was that? That was, it was a kid's show, Banjo Billy. No, but I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember. It was really. I, it might have been before Skipper Chuck, if I'm not mistaken. But it was, uh, you know, kids, a local kid show that you know you could go on and you know. Well, what was, what was the show that Wayne Chandler was on? The kid show. Oh, he didn't he read Sunday the Sunday Funny with Robbie oh. the Robot? Oh, that's before uh, my time. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you spoke about it because I just t- tuned in, but the Pat Robertson latest. Yes, from his yeah, mouth. I did that a little while ago, yeah. I cannot wait till that man croaks. Well, so that... all better, better be careful. God's well, finger is going to come down and, uh, and, and strike your ass. Well, you know what? It's going to strike his ass because if anyone ever deserved to be smoked, it is yeah. him. Yeah, let, let's crucify him. What do you say? That sounds like a good idea to me. When Easter comes, let's uh, plan on it. I don't know. I just don't know where he's coming from or... or... What he's thinking, but he's got to be on some heavy medication. He's coming from the land of Babel. Babel in the Bible. <laughs> Have a I great weekend, you. sweetheart. I love you, Neil. Say hi to uh, Skipper Chuck. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Poor Chuck Zink, man. The good people are the dead people. And then there's the rest of us. Well, that's bad. And then Lou Rawls. You don't even want to look at the uh, at the Wicked Web anymore. Every time I go on here, oh, this one just died, and that one just died. Uh, lung cancer, even though we had quit smoking 35 years before. And brain cancer as well. Obviously, it's spread. Well, I won't say obviously, but it would appear to the layman, wouldn't it? It would. That the cancer in his lungs sprayed to the brain and, like, the uh, left foot connected to the uh, uh, left cheek and whatever. Mm-hmm. Good. Don't be smoking them faggots, all you kids out there. Sandy Payton, for crying out loud. Who the hell are they kidding? Don't we have a Sandy Payton thing? At the 610 WIOD, South Florida's Information and Sports Authority. And welcome back, everybody. I'm Sandy Payton, and we are delighted to have in the studio this morning the number one radio broadcaster in the country. This is Neil Rogers. Oh, God! This is 562 AM. There's a butt. I smell it. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Nobody can tell me what it is. What's this? Maybe a little way. Let me keep going here. Alright. 
It's all your fault. You can't end it. It's a conspiracy. That's right. Faggot would put you up to this. Yeah, forget me back to the pizza pie. Why, you little idiot. Do 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 Eleven forty-seven, thirteen to do, and the uh, painful mo. It is painful, believe me. He'll be longer too. At least until the tenth of March. Is is that the eye, the hives of March? Just right there, close to it. Is that it? The hides of March. Yeah. Let's see how we're doing on this poll. Our goal today is six hundred votes. We got uh, eleven eighty-nine. I think we will do like uh, maybe fourteen hundred a day during the show. Of course, I put it on there five o'clock last night. We had like this is our new Head Start program. Who doesn't like a little head start? Who is South Florida's all-time broadcasting legend? We got, uh, like I said, about uh, 1,200 votes. Neil Rogers, 616. That's like 52% of all the votes. God, am I good. <laughs> oh, I already told George and Josh I'm sharing the spoils with them from this poll. I'll give you my best wishes. Can you believe the sun is shining? Man, it's beautiful. I believe it. This is the first time we've seen the sun in quite a while now. Although it hasn't been that cold. No, There's no snow. All you people, oh, geez, up there in the, uh, no snow. And it's a toasty minus 8 Celsius, which is about, I don't know what that is, about 20 degrees. Ooh, like I said, this is the one cold day. But, but it's sunny and beautiful. Nice to sit inside, look out, have a nice big bowl of warm soup, maybe mushroom mm. soup. Or a nice hot pizza from Tony's. Or maybe, oh, you got pizza from oh, Tony's. Yeah. Thank you, Brad. It's a new year, but Brad continues coming through for us nicely. Unlike our sales department, which continues aggravating. Who the hell's that guy? He uh, is googly-eyed. Uh, South Florida's uh, Neil Rogers, 616. Ralph Rennick, 175. Skipper Chuck Sink, 88. Rick Shaw, 76. Uh, Happy New Year, Ricky Ticky. Good guy, Rick Shaw. A little misunderstood, nevertheless. And Bishop, 51. Larry King, 49. Jim Mandich, 39. In fact, Larry King, one more vote, and he'll have his 50 votes. Mike Rennery, 31. Bob Weaver, 24. Boy, they sure screwed him over bad over there, didn't they? At TBJ? Yes, they did. Man, did they stick it to him. Uh, we still love you, Bob. Hang on. Hank Goldberg, 19. Tony Cigaretto, 7. Silly uh, silly Goose. Rick Weaver, 4. There was only one Mr. Weaver, I'll tell you that. And Mr. Weaver don't make mistakes. He smelled kind of bad, but nevertheless. Uh, Craig Worthing, 4. Arnie Warren, 3. Bill Tanner. What? Got one. Sonny Fox has got one. Alan Courtney finally got one. Somebody over the age of 100 has got a computer. Sonny Hirsch and Don Cox, so far, have got the big. Oh! Out of just under 1,200 votes. Isn't that exciting? That's Aren't thrilled. you whipped up into a frenzy? I'm just whipped. So anybody else, if you want to see City of God, my suggestion is don't do it. No, don't, don't do it after on a full stomach. I, I just keep waiting to find out what the big... Uh, well, I, stop know, watching only five minutes of it every time. I, after after Look, that, I just let, wasn't... You don't want I, to put it after the kid shot the other kid for no reason at all, just I, there, there was no point to it. Well, what is let the me, point? Let me say this and I'll say no more. Yes, give me the a movie, synopsis. Give me a thumbnail sketch of what this movie is really all about. It's a story about several people. It's a story it's a about a lovely lady? See, never mind, don't... Go ahead, I'm listening. It's a sequence of events, like oh, a train. You are uptight today. What's your I story? I just want to finish a sentence. <laughs> 10 to 20. All right. Go ahead. It's like a chain. If you miss a link, it's gone. Forget about it. No part of that movie will make sense if you didn't see the scene before it. And no part of it will make sense if you didn't see two scenes before that. Okay. So you have to watch it in sequence. This this weekend, I will watch the whole oh, thing. I don't believe it. I don't believe it either. I will. <laughs> no. Nope. All right. 
But you still gotta watch uh, Magnolia, though. I will. As soon as I get it, I'll I'll watch. I'll strap him down with tape and the toothpicks in the eyes, like Clockwork Orange. Oh, jeez. And I'll make sure he likes it too. Which, by the way, I John Cope, producer of the Hank Goldberg show, uh, did say he did like it a lot. What about the movie Magnolia? Oh, Magnolia. Yeah. Well, how do you like that? Well, I'm telling you, I think you would enjoy it. There, there's no reason why you wouldn't like it. I'm I'm open. I, 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 I get you ahead of time. It is very long, but it doesn't it doesn't drag. There are no dragging moments in this movie. No drag queens either. You know, one of my favorite uh, and a really sick movie, that happiness movie. The the very opening scene where she's having she's got the was it a blind date or whatever, joy. <laughs> How could you forget her name, Joy? She's, she's great, by the way. Yeah, she's fantastic. And she's having dinner with him, and he gives her something, and he takes it back and says, uh, "I'm not good enough for you, you bitch, you uh, skanky or whatever," and just leaves her sitting there. And it's just it's that movie is so great, but very sick though. Yeah, very, uh, did, did Josh see that one? I don't believe so. Well, I don't think I don't think you're ready for that. No, I think it's you're not going to forget it if you see it. Oh, brother. But and I would say that the opening scene and then the very last scene. <laughs> yeah. The, that dog sure got his licks, didn't he? And I, and I will say this. They do they do close that movie out. Yes. You don't have to worry. There's no unfinished business there. No. A business, <laughs> no they, yeah. they finished all the business. There might be a little business on her face after the dog, but nevertheless. <laughs> yeah. And everybody in that movie is so great. Ben Gazzara oh. and uh, the old guy. What the hell's her name again that plays his wife? She's uh, great. Not uh, I Google know, it. Yeah. She's Googling it now. The whole thing is good. Anyway, here's a fax and other facts from one of these same uh, people. Uh, and on the end it says, who am I? Oh, he just died, by the way, uh, not that long ago, also speaking of dying people. Admiral uh, Halsey. What Stockdale. was his name? Admiral Stockdale. Who am I? Remember that? How did I forget? Ross P. Rose running mate. Says, so speaking of Mike Winery, it's my biggest regret during the time I worked there at IOD. Oh, here, this is again from the same uh, anonymous person this there. Factor. Who am I? This must be, uh, is this, oh, you know who this probably is? A guy that wanted to move in with anybody that, uh, it's probably him. Who? Whatever his name was. I don't remember him. I'm thinking, I'm going through the inventory Or was he strictly a passing employee? The person's talking like they were there at the same time as I was, but I can't think of who I worked with. Maybe it's Adam. Maybe it's Adam. It could be. It says, I knew in advance from a little bride. Jim, I love your show, Neil. Birdie. Oh, little, oh, Birdie. It's a bride. Well, bride would have been appropriate for Jim. That Mr. Veneer was going to get Schmidt canned after his show on that Friday morning. Yeah, I also uh, knew the same thing, because Bob Green called me. He decided to let Mike go. And anyway, that was that was so sad, sitting there in my chair, getting ready to do my show, and watching Veneer come in there. Uh, I forget what they did there during the last part of his show. Was Roger doing something or whatever? And he came in, and he got his blue jacket, and he mm-hmm. took his uh, little briefcase or whatever, and he like uh, walked out, and I felt, I felt so bad. Mm-hmm. His satchel, his flask. It says, I doubted the radio business could be so cold just to call a guy in the PD's office after a show he's been doing for years and years and years. But this Jim Birdie's premonitions were confirmed when I saw Andy Napoleon Cal talk about a closet homo. Oh, I see, Jim. And Chuck Meyer preparing for the new show in the small studio by the coast. Anywho, I was board hopping the overnight that fateful morning at about 5.30 in the morning, went into the producer's room where there were mailboxes and there was Ranieri sleeping in the dark on the couch. I so much wanted to tell him that the show he was about to do was going to be his last, but I chicken schmitted out. The Jim Birdie said it was a huge secret. So Ranieri never got to tell his audience goodbye on the year, and that sucks. My biggest regret is because at 10.01 in the morning they told him to get the hell out, and you came on the air pretending to be shocked if the Birdie knew how you could not have known, and uh, I did know. And you made the announcement Mike Ranieri was a goner. 
Speaking of Roger Ranieri's producer, that was weird, the way Ranieri would work his own board, and Roger would just cut out newspaper articles in the on-the-air room for hours and hours and got paid for that. Didn't he want George's job? Yes. And then it says he was Mitch Ween's friend. How do you like that? Uh, that's oh! Hooray. Was he really? Oh, Roger? I, I yeah. don't know. Well, that's what it says. I, we don't know who this is, and it would be nice if you tell us, but you want to keep playing games and sending us anonymous faxes, that's okay, too, because they're mildly amusing and entertaining. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Happy Friday. Back to you. I just called to let you know they closed the Hollywood Sportatorium and to add Chris Moron to your poll. Oh, yeah. Okay, two, two right. fans. Very strong. Very strong. Yeah, buddy. Like they used to say on the worst team, very strong. Remember that? Yeah. It was strong. It was really strong. I can, In fact, I can smell it all the way up here. Chris Moron. Wow. Actually, I have that uh, somewhere on here on one of these banks, but I don't, I'm, not, uh, I'm not really keen on changing the banks. What? Although, <laughs> again, he bites his tongue really hard. The blood is spurting all over the place. Yeah, we've got to find out who that mystery factor is. Also got to find out if my handyman, Izzy, is still alive and he made it through his quadruple bypass. Somebody will call well, that's why I keep taking all these calls, but nobody seems to know, you know, because that guy that called yesterday it sounded like a crank. Didn't it sound like a crank call to you? It did. Yeah, I see you're a handyman, had a heart attack, and died. Click, you know, with the fishes. Right, something like that. Maybe it was Luca Brasi. WQAM, hello, Deathline. What's yeah, all right. Hey, man, I'm sick of these nutcases like Pat Robertson. You know, I got retarded people I see all the time, but no one listens to them or... Or listen to any words they say. I don't know why anyone... Well, you got to hand it to him, man. He's got a nice tax-free scam going there and just keeps yeah. spouting off a lot of crap. The, yeah, crap. The Bible. The Bible's a Google for Christians. That's all that crap is. There you uh, go. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I'd rather listen to Neil Tate's voices in the head than Pat Robertson, that freaking fag. Goddamn. <laughs> hey, Pat. You fairy. What was he trying to say? I'll go back. Huh? Are you still eating there? That's what you're doing. You know it. You're so uninvolved with this show today, that's because you started out with that granola no, bar, no. which uh, the, the refined carbs in there worked up an appetite. Now you're just sucking down the food from uh, Tony's. So we're very Tony's involved. on 441, by the way, right up the street from QAM at 192nd or 3rd or whatever it is. What is it, 93rd? 193rd. I'll just put the pizza right here in front of me on the board. 193rd and 441. Really, uh, I would say their pizza now is the best, wouldn't you? It is. It's and especially when the price is that good. Now, listen, be sure to eat it all because do, 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 we don't do, do, want no hey, pizza burger we coming We've got an in extra there. one to make sure to have enough for him. Have an extra slice for the mole man at 2 o'clock and see if he'll take it. And, by the way, let uh, somebody come in here and do a little something special on it. This is Neil Rogers. Mace, Deuce, this and is 560 QAM. This is Mohammed Dave. And this portion of the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour is brought to you by the letter 12. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve slices of pizza. All for me! Pizza. 
dirty little. I don't care if walls just stop to death. It's no concern of mine. I'll have you know it's more important for me to survive. You grant me my celebrity entitlement, and besides. I only had a lick and a schmear and a sliver of a slice of the pizza. I want your pizza. I'll take that pizza. Twelve oh one at five sixty WQAM, the home well, the Mad Circus, as Jim uh, Sarney called it. The Mad Circus ends now that we got Joe Bell in the uh, big room. George said Joe Bell's a nice guy, he's about three feet tall, comes up to George's hip and move <laughs> on the pudgy side. Isn't that what you said? I said he's exactly my height, comes up to Josh's hip. I see. Anyway, Delay Inc. lobbying firm has links to three capital scandals. How do you like that? Oh my God! Representative Tom Delay's campaign to get Republicans to dominate Washington lobbying may have worked too well for Alexander Strategy Group. The firm has links to no fewer than three of the scandals convulsing the U.S. Capitol. One partner, former Delay aide Tony Rudy, is now a focus of a federal investigation of lobbyist Jack Abramoff. I wonder if he's kin to Kelly Rudy, the old goalie. The group's founder, former Delay Chief of Staff Ed Buckham, set up a South Korea junket for his old boss that violated ethics rules, and the firm represents a company whose owner, prosecutors allege, bribed former representative Randy Cunningham. Oh, not the Duke. Duke, Duke. Now, what was it? He had a, uh, what is he, an old... Uh, a fuzzy butt. Fuzzy butt. Alexander Strategies links to, um, no, it's not fuzzy. No, it's whatever it is. Whatever that is. But it's a butt. It, Alexander Strategies linked to lawmakers and outgrowth of a decade-long effort by delay, 58, to force lobbying firms to hire more Republicans who can direct corporate money to the party. The system, known as Delay, Inc., or the K Street Project, has fueled a surge of money in politics, and critics say it's also created the potential for greater corruption. I got news for you. Tom Delay ain't seen nothing yet. His ass is in deep doo-doo, up to his earlobes. Alexander Strategy Group is really part of Delay, Inc. and Abramoff, Inc., said Melanie Sloan, a former federal prosecutor now head Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, an ethics watchdog group. There have been some aggressive prosecutors trying to unravel those ties. I'm sure that Alexander Strategy is going to have more than Tony Rudy as a problem when this is over, she'd be saying. How do you like that? They got, just like Ariel Sharon, baby, they got real tourists. Now, uh, a short time ago, we spoke with Avid Barak, and he says the real legacy of Ariel Sharon is this pragmatism. Gravely ill, baby. Gravely ill. God is punishing him for those illegal settlements and for his terrorist activities and things like that. But other than that, he was a great prime minister. <laughs> oh. Just ask the fanatical Jews. They'll tell you. 1,216 votes on the poll. I think we got a real good shot at 1,400 today, you know? I think Josh will write that down on his calendar. Be a real feather in our crap, won't it? Yeah, it'll be the first thing I write down on the news. And calendar. look at those phones, baby. Just when we thought we were kicking some serious big ass and we get some real good information from this crowd today. I guess Izzy must still be alive because somebody would have called if uh, he wasn't. I think. Sure, or faxed or something. You think so? Yes. I sure hope so. I mean, he was just in my house over the weekend. I'm sure that, I mean, he drank his own beers, so I, you know, ordinarily I'm not one of those people that goes out and <laughs> buys beers. What are you laughing about? Well, it's good that he brought his own beers. Well, he did. We don't keep no beers in my house. We do. Well, I'm sure you do. And working in this place, uh, I can understand yeah. easily why. Especially the little kids probably Crack. drinking them. Crank. Five, five. Oh, and here's Josh's favorite line. WQAM, hello. Oh, Jesus. Left over from yesterday in the list. <laughs> it, it, it's the whisperer with a new uh, routine this year. Well, at least he got some little... See, the gargler could learn from him. Oh. 
He's got a he's got a new routine this year, and we a tip a tip of the old Ricky Ticky uh, hat to him. As faithful as the sunrise. Oh yes, five six. Seven. <laughs> you know, it it really is a hoot when you go when you got nine phone lines incoming, and you you see one ringing, and you know you know who it's gonna be. That should give you a tip off on the South Florida talk show market. WQAM, hello. QAM. Neil, how you doing, yes. buddy? All right, Pally. Hey, I'm so glad you guys are talking about happiness. That's uh, one of my favorite movies, as disturbing as it is. Yeah, it's very disturbing, yes. Yeah, I was uh, going to su- suggest, if you like that movie, there's another movie by Todd Salons uh, titled uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse. Okay. I don't know if you see It's a little bit, uh, it's not quite as disturbing. It's a little bit more, I guess, slightly lighthearted, but uh, it's, it's equally funny. That's so, right. You might like you, it, Neil. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's now, definitely now, worth you, checking you, out. Did you see City of God? I saw City of God, and uh, I liked it. You know, personally, I liked it. Yeah. You know, I, I actually just saw Magnolia for the first time after uh, listening to the recommendations on your show, and, yeah. and I enjoyed it as well. I thought Tom Cruise was way over the top and uh, just uh, more showing to his, uh, his closet, uh, his closet uh, fantasy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right, saying? thank you. Thanks, Pally. I think I think he almost came out in that movie, don't you? What was he implying? I don't know. Well, he hey, came Tommy, along, you yeah. fairy. Five six five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. See, there's that. I don't know what period of time it would be like ninety. What is it? Ninety two to ninety five, somewhere in there. Maybe a little beyond that. That. I'm talking about Requiem for a Dream and Magnolia oh, and Happiness. Oh, the, the, the whole series of those movies came out. They were really um, sensational and really bizarre. There was a right. trend. Yeah. I mean, now we got Bareback Cowboy. Hey. That's pretty much it. Critically acclaimed. Yeah. Go there you go. Go claim a piece. WQIM, hello. Hey, Neil. How are you? Pretty good. Neil, you know, these Palestinians are the biggest pieces of garbage. For you to, to, to not stick up for Israel and Sharon and what he did against... Well, what, what, what does that mean? Wait, wait, a minute. wait, wait a minute. For me not to stick up for Israel? Them. Well, what, what the hell does that mean? What does what mean? I say a plague on all their houses. If they want to kill each other, let them have a good time. Get out of here, okay? Go eat some halavah. Get out of my face. For me not to stick up to, for Israel. It took me a long time before I finally uh, wised up with that whole deal. You know, this business, they hit us, we hit them back. You know, they're throwing rocks, and we're like uh, blowing their crap away, you know? And in addition to which, this thing with Iran is really kind of uh, disturbing to me. I was just thinking about that during the break. I was reading a story online here about how the hell do we keep a Bush out of going to Iran next. Uh, you know, the fact that they uh, don't, is, there, is it written somewhere in the world constitution, assuming there would be one, that if you don't like Israel, therefore you can't express that opinion if you hate them like poison? Yeah, See, that, that that's is, the whole business. I don't know about you folks, but I'm not one of those people that thinks I want to hinge the future of my life based on how Israel is doing. If I never heard about Israel again, it would, it would be soon enough for me. And, and, and by the way, I'd like to point out very rapidly that Israel has got nothing to do with being Jewish. The majority of the Jews in the world, there are nine million of them, and most of them don't live in Israel. Most of them live in New York and in Florida, Palm Beach, as a matter of fact, and in Toronto. You know, we've got 200,000 Jews here. I had no idea. Well, the Arabs aren't too happy about it, but nevertheless, yeah, how for you not to support, you had lost, okay. This, here's a guy that's giving me a lecture, what I should think, what I should say. Your mama. You're a little raspberry for you, too. a professional Jew. Although it was kosher. WQAM, hello. Not there on two in a loud dial tone, too. That's annoying. 5670560, pound 560 on the Verizon and singular wireless lines. 
WQAM, hello. WQAM, hello. He was a fat guy, born near Jerusalem. Then he became leader of Israel. His name was Ariel. <laughs> that was great. Keep that one queued up, boy, because I think he could be dying any second now. And then, of course, that Bibi Netanyahu, Bibi Netanyahu, is another good one for it. Another good Jewish Nazi. Five, six, seven. I don't think we're going to get any calls the rest of the day. They must be taken off for the weekend or something like that. It must be a busman's holiday because it's looking really grim to me. You know, looking grim and slim. Slim. Although now that our six-minute delay is caught up and they heard me giving the numbers out, see that—that's a real, uh, a little problematical for us. But you know what? Like I said, we don't worry about problems. That's our New Year's resolution. We just want the paycheck. That's all. Joe Bell's a good guy. He likes us. He's happy. Everybody's moving into a new building except me. I'm staying right here. And uh, good luck to you. So that means you'll be down there with the ghost of Paxson hanging out. Maybe that's that right. Maybe the uh, Jews for Jesus lady, the uh, born again, uh, whatever she was, can come Bonnie. by. Yeah, be the traffic we'll lady. We'll have a nice reunion and we'll have to have an exorcism, of course. Right, no question about it. WQAM, hello. Yeah, um, I got one for your poll. Yes? Hands down, it's got to be Ralph Rennick. He's the number two on the poll right now. He's got 180 votes. Oh, okay. And okay. then uh, I thought, that's why. Okay, great, thanks, Mike. <laughs> Oh, God, you people are special. There's no question about it. Just like in Deliverance, when he says, that corn sure is special, you are a trip. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how are you doing today? Great, sensational. Uh, I just wanted to mention a couple of names uh, for the uh, South Florida uh, uh, broadcasting legends. I don't know if anybody had mentioned these two guys. Bill Ross, of course, at Channel 7 was a weatherman there from 1955. Right. He got the voiceovers, too, and all the promos. Exactly. Uh, he worked from 55 into the late 80s. So, uh, right. Nobody's, nobody's going to know who that is, though. Of course not. He was he was the best weatherman we ever had down here. And then Well, Walter, wait a minute. Are you are you knocking uh, Bob Weaver and uh, Wayne Chandler? Uh, well, Wayne Chandler was with Toby the Robot. I mean, he was like right. a weekend weather guy. Yeah, but and he was no, pretty good. I like Wayne Chandler. He was a good guy. Yeah, no, I, I would never knock Bob Weaver. Bob Weaver was great in his day. In fact, I was president of the Bob Weaver fan club. Are you serious? I'm serious. Uh, even though he wore a bad toupee, uh, the guy was great. <laughs> <laughs> he was good in his day. Yeah, uh, he's he, a good guy, too. He raised a lot of money for charity, uh, did a lot of good things, and then he screwed him over something fierce there at TVJ. You management people at TVJ should only croak, okay? I don't want to take yeah. it personal, but uh, they, they really screwed him bad. They, they did, even though he was getting a little uh, senile towards well, the end. A little uh, long on the tooth, but they got little Bobby Mayer still on here, sitting on 15 phone books, looking about 110 years <laughs> old. I'm like, I like little Bobby there, but for Christ's sake, if they keep hanging on to him, why not old Weaver the Weatherman? I know Bob Mayer and Ike Siemens are the two oldies there left at WTVJ. Yeah. But I also wanted to mention Walter Cronice, who was a Channel 10 from the bow tie. There's a guy. Now he died, didn't he, a year or two ago? No, no. Walter Cronice no? is still he's still alive, as far as I know. If he died, I didn't read about it. I didn't hear about it. But he was a Channel 10 WPLG from the late 60s right. until 92, and he does go down in my book as the worst weatherman that ever was down here because he didn't know what he was talking about. I'll be damned. But he was here for he a was long here. time. Oh, and, and speaking of that, I almost forgot this before. I didn't want to argue with Hank because I know Hank is on the payroll at ABC and ESPN. But Keith Jackson, 77 years old, he disgraced himself in the Rose Bowl the other night. I don't care what the humper says. The, his performance was so embarrassing, and he had no idea what the, Not just a couple of mistakes. He didn't have any idea what was going on the whole game. 
Yeah. He was lost. I'm humiliated for him. But, uh... There's anyway. nothing worse than going out like a clown, man. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. If you're exactly. going to go out, go out on top, not like a clown. Like, well, not like Bob Sofer, right, exactly. Oh, come on. <laughs> Have a great day, Pally. Okay. Oh, that's bad. That is really bad. Bob Sofer's a good friend of ours. Did he go out like a clown? Right. I don't I think know. they kind of pushed him off the uh, edge of the set. Is what happened. Mm -hmm. the, wor the worst thing, the worst thing I ever saw in my life was not not this last uh, hurricane season, but the previous year. I remember I got stuck down there an extra day because of whichever hurricane it was. Was it Charlie? Whatever it was. And I'm watching Channel Four, and they got the, the hurricane, spe the hysterical specialist Brian across on there. And Soper is sitting in the back, and he's he's handing weather bulletins to uh, Brian. You know, like like a lackey, like a gopher. Isn't that demeaning? Yes. What, what, I, I, what does it demean? I, I, I would have been. I would have uh, high fived the screen if Soper would have just sat on him. Of course, Brian probably would have enjoyed it. Brian probably would have wrecked him. <laughs> enjoyed it a lot. Hey, Brian. You fairy. Twelve thirteen at five sixty QM. Walter Cronus. I can't believe you don't remember Walter with a bow tie. You Sorry. were there. I was. Yeah. He said till the early nineties. Channel ten weather guy. Goofy-looking guy with glasses and a, a silly bow tie. Looked like a clown on uh, on stilts. Uh-oh, more suicide bombers in Iraq. Ah, just same old crap. A lot of bodies, a lot of hands, a lot of hearts, people screaming. I'm dying on the Nothing new. Guess there's no use in hanging round. No. Since everybody puts me down. Cause everybody in my school always tries to play me for the fool. Can't get used to your abuse, no matter what I try to do. Next time that I go to school, I'm shooting you. They call me names and say I blow. Absolutely. Now I'm depressed and feeling low. I'll get my daddy's gun one day. Then I'm gonna blow them all away. Can't get used to your abuse, no matter what I try to do. Next time that I go to school, I'm shooting you. I can't get used to your abuse, no matter what I try to do. Next time that I go to school, I'm shooting you. Can't get used to your abuse, no matter I'm dying over here. Problem but that's one of the few bits he ever did that fades out. He didn't do too many of the faders, you know? Well, you ever notice that? You're, you know, that's a very good point. Yeah. Now, he always, because uh, you're one of those people who likes a climactic ending. That's right. right. Movie he delivered it, whatever. He doesn't just kind of like fade out, like Andy Williams, who appears to be fading out, if you've seen him lately. By the way, we might want to tell uh, Jeff High's neighbor to stop again, since he's been faxing stories all day long today. I don't think you're going to have that problem to worry about too much longer now. Really? No, I, j I just have that well, feeling. I, I have a feeling that what, no matter what happens with High Boy, we'll still be stuck. Because he started time. again while you were on vacation. Yeah. As Lyle. Yeah. Because uh, was it Miguel or was it you, Josh, that uh, sent that to me, unsuspecting, unawares? Miguel. Miguel, uh, you know, he, he'll send me any faxes he gets. Oh, even one from Greg from uh, Port St. Lucie, he faxed to me. 
which, of course, got torn up immediately. Just like that spot that Todd Drecka faxed me this morning that I'm not going to do, uh, torn up immediately in Schmidtkan. You think you're playing really fast and loose, don't you, Todd, sweetheart? I'm with your little boiler room back there and uh, forget about it. Loser. Absolute loser. Does he still come up to your kneecap? Well, me? Yeah. I'm kneecap height already, you know. Matsushita shows 103-inch plasma. Top seller of flat-screen TVs beats the Samsung record. Gives no indication when it will hit the shelves. 103 inches, man. you got to have a big uh, living room. Right? Big one. I mean, i got a small living room, and i got a, like a 46-inch uh, Samsung. And uh, when that kid killed the other one, it was in HD, by the way, you'll be pleased. Wow. So when the, the blood was spurting out of the shoe after he uh, shot the kid in the foot, it was like all over my floor. Matsushita Electric Industrial, the maker of Panasonic products, said yesterday it's developed a prototype of a 103-inch plasma display model, the world's largest such screen. Man, it's big. It's huge. Oh, God, if we'd only had that for the uh, Orange Bowl. Now, let's see. Wait a minute. Am I getting confused? Which was the Orange Bowl? What game? No, that wasn't it. That was the Fiesta, the, uh, Fiesta Bowl. Notre Dame? Yes. That was the uh, Chick-fil-A, uh, Chick-got-laid uh, yeah, Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, you'd have to say the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, uh, the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. If we'd had the 103-inch screen, I could have reached in there like uh, giving Brady Quinn a little pat on the uh, shoulder, on the back. Said, you go, Brady. They might have put Notre Dame over the top. The prototype, which will be on display at the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, appears to put Matsushita slightly ahead of South Korea's Samsung Electronics for bragging rights over who can develop the biggest flat panel TV. Mine is bigger than yours is. Ha-ha-ha. How do you like that? That's the new thing over there with them Japs. Really? Oh, I, oh, I got a great... I have a Japanese story that will send you into orbit. All right. right. Yeah. Women are told to have a litter in the year of the dog. Oh, true story. Okay. I didn't know they uh, suffered from underpopulation over there, but they are evidently uh, they're having a real population problem. Did you hmm. know that? I, no, I didn't. I think that Truman helped to uh, start that. <laughs> Did he father some? No, he just uh, <laughs> gave him una bamba and then another uh, oh, bamba, okay. grande. Samsung grabbed headlines as last year's CES, at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show, by unveiling a 102-inch plasma display prototype. Neither companies made clear when or if these monster screens will actually beat store shelves or at what price. Samsung boasts the largest plasma TV now in the market, having... Oh, you're never going to guess what movie was on. Oh, and another thing. Speaking of Dukes of Hazard, on my trip back <laughs> from... Uh, no, seriously, on a plane trip, with my plane, trip from hell from Fort Lauderdale to here, the movie they showed was The Dukes of Hazard, which that hasn't been out uh, that long ago, I'm was sorry. it? I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. It was that longer than it, it needed to be. But, and then, so I was channel surfing the other day, and it was the Dukes of Hazard episode, and John Schneider wasn't on it. They had a they had a uh, backup guy uh, with the blonde really? hair, and, huh? A, a sub, a standard. Yeah, who looked a lot like him, with the same blonde hair, and he was driving the uh, Plymouth or the Dodge. What what kind of car was that? Plymouth? Charger. Dodge Charger. Right. Well, I told you. Well, it's Plymouth Dodge, same stuff. What was the other car? The DeSoto. That's before your time. Now there was a car with the big tail fins, you know, and the triple lights. I've seen those. See, you knew when the new cars came out, the Dodge had like two lights on the taillight, two little lights, and the DeSoto had three. Ooh. Ooh. No more DeSotos. That would be a good poll to take someday. What's your favorite car they don't make no more? That's a good idea. Now, is it Oldsmobile or Pontiac they ain't making no more? Oldsmobile. Well, I'll too, be there. Too old. I had an Olds 88 once upon a time that Larry Kent sold me, speaking yeah. of dead the tacos. So you're an Olds man? And it uh, had a little problem. It had, you know, the, the water... Um, the uh, the, the water uh, thing. The radiator. 
No, not the radiator. The little water thing uh, for the uh, radiator. Uh, the gauge, the valve, the lid. No, no, the, the little uh, plastic box. Oh, okay. Anyway, that thing was uh, boiling. The water was boiling all the time. You could boil spaghetti in it. It was a beautiful-looking car. And then, and then I broke down on a Julia Tuttle Causeway one time, had to have it towed away on the way to work at KAT. That Larry Kent man, he was something. I can't say the word on the air. He's still dead. Samsung boasts the largest plasma TV now on the market, having started sales of an 80, 80-inch model in South Korea in October. And you know how much that costs? I give up. Boy, you got to pay a lot per inch. That's what I heard. A hundred and thirty grand. A hundred and... About thirty, man. Grand. Oh. Match the sheet of... Re I mean, what kind of a millionaire you have to be to buy a TV like that? Of course, I guess if you, you're going to have a big room to put it in if you've got the, the kind of way to buy it, right? Right. Probably got about a $5 million house. Matsushita recently began selling a 65-inch plasma set for about 8600 bucks in Japan. Matsushita, the world's top seller of plasma TV, said the bulk of demand for the 103-inch set would probably come from businesses, schools, and medical institutions, but it also said demand from consumers looking to set up home theater, theaters. Demand for large-screen TV is expected to further increase as digital high-definition broadcasting service continues to expand throughout the world. Matsushita said the prototype... Uh, Met full high-definition specs, meaning can produce images at the highest standard of 1920 by 1080 pixels of resolution. Oh, boy, I sure like looking at them little pixels. Developing panels able to display a full high-definition picture has been a major challenge for plasma makers because of numerous hurdles inherent in the technology. So 103 inches coming uh, pretty soon to a home near you. How do you like that? I guess Dan Stewart picked the wrong time to check out, huh? Missed that TV. Boy. Well, okay, let's see what we got on the poll. Who is South Florida's all-time broadcasting legend? 1,200. Boy, Dan Stewart was only 45. You know, it's scary, isn't it, George? Well, not really. Oh. 1,258 votes. Now, you don't want to tell the story about that pink, uh, no. Sure. I was using no, that. No, no, that's bad. The guy just <laughs> died, for Christ's sake. You are a bastard, man. Yeah, he had a sense of humor. He did have a great sense of humor. He was. Uh, oh, uh, we're fine. Yeah, but you don't want to be talking about pink dildos after the guy just died. Come on. Yeah, fill me in. Well, maybe when we come back, <laughs> fill me in. You are. You are. You know. Anybody, What's going on over here? Anybody who takes your advice on that vibrating <laughs> shaving instrument of yours that you're so worked up about, you're not fooling me. Yeah, how did that pole work out? Get out of here! You're shaving your ass with that. that we took? Uh, you're shaving with? your ass with that, and so are a lot of these other guys. You're not fooling me. This old fag. I get such a great shave from my uh, whatever these damn uh, Gillette things are. You, you can get a closer shave with a uh, 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 with an operation. Uh, uh, exactly. With a piece, piece of broken glass. <laughs> well, I'm trying morning. to think of something. You with anything. <laughs> That's how close of a shave I get. This guy's giving me a song dance with the vibrating. Everything. He even got a vibrating pen in there to check the log. I can't tell you where he's hiding it. But nevertheless. Okay, here's what we got on the poll so far. Quit, quit with this perversion, okay? We're burying people like crazy, and you're starting with filth again. Just because Howard's starting on Monday on the Sirius. Who, you do realize he's the all-time uh, human legend. Not just broadcasting. He's the legend of mankind. And, and if he's going to be the poster child for the history of the human race, uh, good luck to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's looking kind of gaunt these days, too. It must be that $218 million that he and Don Buckwell just yeah, got. Maybe it's weighing him down. Who is South Florida's all-time broadcasting legend out of, four, of 1263? We'll get to 1400 if it's the last thing we do. Neil Rogers, 659. Ralph Redneck, 182. Skipper Chuck, uh, Chuck Sink, 94. 
Rickshaw, 77. Sunset Strip. Oh, we were doing Route 66. Yeah, I get that confused. Uh, George Maharis was on Route 66. Who and uh, who's the other guy? George. Oh, uh, I remembered that from yesterday. Oh yeah, what that was his name? Because once you said it, it kind of like rang a bell. ABS Seventy-seven Sunset Strip was. Uh, da, 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 da. Who's on that? I have no idea. I'm looking. I do remember George Maharis. You fairy. Uh, let's see. Rickshaw seventy-seven and Bishop fifty-three. Larry King fifty-one. Mad Dog forty-four. Mike Renier, 32. Bobby Weaver, 26. Weaver, the weatherman. And if you're going to be driving tonight, drive carefully. Remember, he used to like, uh, kind of like point at the end of the weather, and he like kind of like goose step toward the camera. Yes, he would. He was, he was, a, he Stuart, was a hoot. Stuart Bailey. I, I don't know who that is. I'm who? looking at 77 Sunset Strip. 77. Well, you remember the theme, though, I'm sure. Yes, I do. Sunset Strip, and then he used to do the weather. Ephraim Zimbalist Jr.? Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. was on that. How do you like that? Before he started Rogers reading the Bible on the Glacier Channel. Ed Burns. Oh, Ed Cookie Ed Burns. Burns. Ed Cookie Burns. Daddy. Ed Burns. Hank Goldberg, 21. Tony Cigaretto, 8. Uh-oh, this thing is just uh, hopping around on me now. Tony Cigaretto, 9, like I just said. Rick Weaver, 5. Craig Worthing, 4. Arnie Warren, 3. Arnie and Amos. Was that famous, Amos? Bill Tanner's got 2. What? Sonny Fox 1, Don Cox 1, Al Courtney 1, and Sonny Hirsch, rest in peace, has so far got the bit, oh. like I told you he was. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Randy West, and as per our phone conversation, I talked to Peter North the other day. He tells me your real name is Neil Down, and he still ain't interested. The most talked about film of the year is now the musical event of the year. The Brokeback Mountain soundtrack. It's raining, man. Hallelujah, it's raining, man. Amen. The songs you love. From the movie you're afraid to admit you love. Oh, no, not I. I will survive. As long as I know how to love, I know I'll stay alive. Strap on your leather chaps and yell, ride em, cowboy. The Brokeback Mountain soundtrack. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. They have everything for young men to enjoy. You can hang out with all the ทั้งที่ปวดฟังสุดที่ well, I tell you, if there's a God, why does he do this to us? Well, to them. Barry Council, member of the popular sing, uh, 60s singing family of the Cowpiles, was found dead on a wharf nearly four months after he disappeared. Maybe he was sitting on the dock of the bay. Oh, that's bad. When Hurricane Katrina flooded the city, he was only 51. Oh, not poor Barry Cowpile. Council's body, discovered December 28th from the Charles Street Wharf, was identified with dental records Tuesday. The coroner hadn't determined the uh, cause of death, but believed it was related to the devastating hurricane, which uh, struck the city August 29th. Cowsill, who lived on and off in New Orleans, hadn't been heard from since he left phone messages from his sister September 1. Well, probably because he was dead. Wouldn't you think? I would imagine. Now they tell us he's been dead for quite some time, said Richard Cowsill, his brother. 
We love him and we're going to miss him, but he's uh, much in a much better place in my mother's arms, said uh, Richard. Don't you love when people say stupid things like that? He's in a better place. Well, that sure says a hell of a lot of thing about uh, this planet. The cow piles, the inspiration for the TV series, The Partridge Family, and right. for, uh, huh? I said, right. We all knew Where that. would uh, the guy with the eyes be without The Partridge Family and David Cassidy? In fact, he's probably humping his David Cassidy blow-up doll right now. wonder if he's got a pink one. Pink what? The Council is the inspiration for the TV series, The Partridge Cigar. The Partridge Family recorded a series of songs between 67 and 70, including The Rain, The Park, and other things. Indian Lake, Indian Lake, and Hare. They were also spokespersons for the American Dairy Association, appearing in commercials and print ads for milk. Oh, kind of like Dale Murphy. Boy, I sure was a big Dale Murphy fan, I'll tell you that. Could Oop. he play or what, Josh? Is that before Oop. your time, Dale Murphy? A little bit, yeah, probably. Oh, boy. He not only could play, but he sure... Uh... Oh, sorry. What? I didn't want David to step on you like that. Looked good. Dale Murphy. Although he had that one little... He had that Enrique pimple on his puss. What do you call that? Uh, like a uh, thing? A mole? Uh, a mole. A Wasn't Greg always running around the building looking for the mole? I wonder before he actually uh, cleans out his desk and exits the building the last time whether Greg will find the mole. Maybe it was on Scoran's all that time. Right, now that it's safe, maybe the mole will expose themselves. Oh, let's hope not. Oh, and speaking of that, where's the uh, facts from uh, the IOD, Mr. Bordop? Good question. Maybe it's Dan Stewart faxing from the other side. <laughs> hey, he's, like you said, got a hell of a sense of humor. Oh, we're fine. Still can't get any message about Izzy resting uh, hopefully okay. I mean, am I supposed to be feeling guilty? Because he was doing work all over the neighborhood. I think he just he just cut off more than he could chew, man. That he could can only be. do so much. One over person can only do so much. He worked like a horse. And then all of a sudden, and I don't know what, what the outcome would be. Senate Democrats began building a case yesterday against the Supreme Court nomination of Samuel A. Alito, Jr., centering on his deference to executive power, setting the stage for next week's confirmation hearings to become a battle over President Bush's contentions that he can bypass torture and surveillance laws. See, we don't have a president no more. we got a dictator. we got Dick Cheney and we got dictator. In separate appearances yesterday, three key Democrats on the whatever committee said they plan to link Alito's past writings about executive power to an escalating dispute over Bush's expansive view of his constitutional power as commander-in-chief. Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont said Alito had argued for greater presidential powers as a young lawyer in the Reagan administration had pushed for one of the legal mechanisms used by Bush last week to assert the power to bypass Congress uh, congressionally approved uh, legal limits on torture. Chuck Schumer of New York said he plans to quiz Alito about a speech the nominee delivered to the Conservative Federalist Society in 2000. I wonder if he had a swastika on his head. In his speech, Alito endorsed a legal theory that calls for stronger presidential control of government operations and a reduced role for Congress. Dictator. Senator Ted Kennedy said... <laughs> he cited an 84 memo Alito wrote saying that an attorney general should be immune from a lawsuit over illegal wiretapping. Alito's support for circumventing wiretap laws is significant in light of the disclosure that Bush has authorized wiretapping of Americans' international calls in spite of the 78 law that required warrants for such surveillance. Kennedy said, is there any limit to executive power and authority that this nominee will recognize? No. The executive power issue is front and center now. The American people are very sensitive to where this is all going and whether there's going to be accountability. They want to do what's right in terms of their security, but they want oversight, baby. Safety, safety, safety. Boy, I sure like to find that old bag. I will get to that. Women are told to have a litter uh, in the year of the dog. Yeah, I want to pain. know more about that. I well, got... we'll get to it. I'm going to ask well, some questions. Once you finish with that uh, Pink Panther story or Pink uh, Cigar. 
I, I don't think I, well, that would be very even even for you. I don't even yeah. know how we could uh, tell that story on the air. Well, you, considering well, these uh, circumstances. Oh, that's right. Well, I mean, you don't have to tell anybody why you were at Dan Stewart's apartment. No, that's not what I'm worried about. Just the uh, the uh, the nature of the beast there. The color of the uh, <laughs> instrument? Is that what you're saying? The various colors of it. I said the Pink Panther. Well, it wasn't all pink, you know. Oh, and I see that. Let me give you folks a little tip. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Lee, you're doing a heck of a job, Brownie. Just stop. Stop. Quit while, quit while you're behind. This is Neil Rogers. Welcome. This is 560 QAM. Now, if you're going to tell me that's the rejoin again, I, I'm, I'm not buying that. You one. tell him, Josh. I ain't gonna... Listen, I don't make the rejoins. That, think... that doesn't even come close to being a rejoin, okay? And it's not even in the ballpark with being a rejoin. Hey, Clarence, you idiot. Want a lollipop, little boy? And now, the show that's the antidote to those liberal media distortions of our government. It's the West Texas Wing. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. President, but I... Uh... Why are you wearing headphones, sir? Oh, hey, Nick. Uh, I'm monitoring some illegal wiretaps. Mr. President, don't we have people to do that? Yeah, but I have the really important call sit right here to the Oval Office. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, hang on. Something big is coming over. Oh, what is it, sir? Word of a terrorist attack? No. Brittany has kicked Kevin out of the house again. And he, and he just set up a date with Lindsay Lowen. Oh, that dog. Come back next time for a fair and balanced, compassionately conservative view of our government in action. Only on the West Texas Wing. Well, that's disgusting. I just got like a, a bloody no a nostril chunk caught on my upper... Uh, my oh, nice. 1243. There's your president, by the way. He choppered in. The speaker said, oh, he, he, there's the home of the Cubs. Is he telling a joke? I said, well, Mr. Speaker... Maybe next year. <laughs> Florida may end hurricane generator reimbursement program. Florida officials are considering ending a popular program that reimburses residents, regardless of income, for generators. In response to concerns that the aid has evolved into a large government giveaway that doesn't reach the state's neediest. In other words, if you're a poor person, you ain't going to get one. If you've got plenty of cash, hey, here's a, a couple of generators. The intent of the program was not to provide you a generator for free. Craig Fugit. Director of Florida Division of Emerge, Director of uh, FEMA said in an interview on Thursday, "We don't want fraud and waste in our programs. We don't want our dollars not going to the intended victims or the intended purposes. The program, which reimburses Floridians for generators, chainsaws, and other items as a hurricane is approaching or in the uh, immediate after uh, aftermath, rewards the uh, whoa, the way this is written is so good rewards those unprepared for storms." Instead, Fugit said Florida should be encouraging people to be prepared ahead of time through incentives such as a sales tax exemption on generators. The state offered a sales tax holiday last year for hurricane preparedness. Florida is also exploring whether local governments using federal money could loan generators to poor residents with medical needs or disabilities. Fugit says, it seems to me if we're really looking at how to meet the needs of disaster victims, getting power back to the people at the greatest risk is certainly good policy. The Sun Sentinel reported last month that more than 300,000 Floridians got generators and the other cleanup items paid for by taxpayers the past two hurricane seasons. The cost has now reached $344 million. FEMA runs the reimbursement program, but the state pays 25%. As of yesterday, FEMA had distributed $102 million in reimbursements for just for Wilma. Most reimbursement money went to middle and upper income areas of Florida, while poor residents, including some with life-threatening ailments, went without power because they couldn't afford generators. These are probably the same people aren't allowed to vote. 
In response, some South Florida members of Congress denounced the program, calling it a waste of money. And your fat-ass governor says the program is flawed. How do you like that? A lot. Five six seven oh five sixty. Pound five sixty in the Verizon and Singular Wireless line. I can't believe the family is still making arrangements for poor Dan Stewart. Oh, we're fine. And you're like talking about uh, pink dildos and stuff. I think that's the most tasteless uh, crap. It probably was that I've ever heard in my life. That is just so you you're just heartless. You just wait, man. If if God forbid, if oh God, you should be walking out to your car, get struck by lightning, or uh, get run over by a Mack truck. We're just going to take your remains and throw them in a dumpster by, over there next door. Have a good time. Behind that old folks building. Stick an umbrella in my ass and have a party. Now, let me ask you something. Since the radio station is moving, which was certainly a well-kept secret from me for uh, until yesterday, which you told me is kind of an afterthought, assuming yeah, I already well, knew I, about I, Yeah, it's convenient. Well, nobody bothered telling me nothing, see? And, and is that supposed to be like a big secret from uh, the world? Or, I mean, what's no, the no. I mean, I realize that we're kind of like slippery and try to like avoid and evade everybody, probably avoiding bill collectors. But uh, now that's the Paxson building, right, that uh, kisses in down the street? The former Paxson building. Well, yes. the one that I used to have to go to and pick up the check right there. The former Clear Channel building, correct? Right. The Taj Mahal of Radio. Well, that, that's a nice building. It used to be. They trashed it up a little bit, but I'm sure we're going to fix it up a little bit. Who's they? Paxson? Clear Channel. Oh, Clear Channel. Oh, God. Man, that thing's going to have to be fumigated if Petey Bolger was in there. And Ron Wolf Fink. Yeah, when in doubt, clean that place out. See, the, the Paxson building, the Clear Channel building, the Beasley building. This, it's like, like I told you before, it's like trading baseball cards. Oh, let's flip for that uh, license, okay? Let's flip for that building. Let's flip for the format, okay? Let's get Flip Wilson to be our spokesman for Beasley. What a, what a joke. Oh, your friend is back on line nine. QAM, a heavy breathing line. Hey, what's going on, Neil? No, it's somebody different. Yes, sir. Hey, what's, go what's going on, man? Paulie from uh, Palm Springs. All right, Paulie. You, hey, would, you would love it out here, buddy. No, thanks. I dreamed I died and went to homo heaven. Really? It's, it's, well, I'm in Toronto. I'm already in homo heaven. <laughs> Trust me. Hey, man, your webpage is looking good. I got one complaint, though. What is that? You need more pictures. Of what? I don't know. You guys, uh, George, <laughs> look, George oh, You don't want to see us, believe you me. Oh, come on, Neil. George, George, looks, my best side. Yeah. George looks great, man. He looks exactly like he looks on the air. Exactly. Short and old and gay hair, a gray haired. Rectum. You know something? I think I just was inspired. I have like a uh, guess the ass contest. I have a picture of everybody's ass, and every month we'll put a different ass on there, and you can uh, That's uh, right. like a contest, decide who you Name think it is. I'll subscribe. Yeah. Okay. I'll subscribe. Neil, okay. you got my vote for the uh, broadcast legend, buddy. Well, thanks, pal. I appreciate it. Have yeah. a good time out there, and uh, butch up. Oh, will do. Okay, see you. See you, bud. He's probably got a pink one, too. 5670560, oh, pound 560 in the Verizon and Singular Wireless line on a great Friday, January the 6th. We're well into the new year, and things are really looking up at QAM, boy. And across the street, they're really looking down. I wouldn't be surprised if one of these days soon, Blind Mike calls back in with a spy report on 790 being sold. He called well, down you were on vacation that day, but he called. Remember, Josh, he called in to give us that uh, report? Yeah, he did, but we don't know if it's true. To Winkham Broadcasting, he said. Winkham Broadcasting, they got some good jingles, but uh, he don't know more about than that. My, my, that would my. really be a sad situation because Joel Feinberg doesn't own anything. You know, maybe he owns a car, probably a trade-out. Maybe he owns a Jaguar. But they're just leasing that thing from Jefferson Pilot. And if Jefferson Pilot really sold it to somebody else, they might just say, hey, this lease deal sucks. 
We don't want that crap on the air, that juice guy, that toast and, and uh, hot tamale and all that other garbage they got on the air. And maybe then we can get Joe Rose back to fill two to four. I mean, uh, <laughs> I can't believe it's I said not that. Allowed, yeah. oh. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. How come no one's mentioned Wayne Ferris? Well, they sure as hell ought to. He was on there for 100 years. Yeah. They even named that uh, ride at the uh, circus after him, remember? <laughs> see you, <laughs> Pally. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Wayne Ferris, see, I, I don't want to go through this again because it's my Alzheimer's. When you get old, even when I was young, I can't keep it straight. Between Wayne Ferris and Wayne Chandler, they both were in real bad car crashes. One of them lived and one of them died. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I, and I don't know which one it is. Right? Right. You remember we've had that conversation a zillion times. Maybe not a zillion, but at least a week. About man. Right. So, which Wayne is... Now, I'll tell you which Wayne I'd like to see uh, pushing up daisies, but, you know, that would be bad, wouldn't it? Yeah, don't say it. To wish that on our buddy. You fairy. Five, six, seven. Oh, there he is back again. I, I knew he'd be back. QAM, breathing line. Hello? He's not there? Oh, nothing happened to it. There he is. Hello? Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. It's another uh, somebody. Yes. Oh, so great to get through. Uh, this is Andy from St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, my God. Holy Toledo. I, I know. Hope you're, I, I sure I, hope I, you're Catholic, Andy. Otherwise, they'll <laughs> kick your ass out of St. Louis. Oh, they ought to. They ought to kick my ass solid. But uh, I escaped, but for the wrong reasons. You yes. Pr I, you probably don't remember me. I'm kind of a panic. But I was with um, the Leonardo DiCaprio on crack-looking kid, and I was the dreadlock hippie-looking kid that brought you Reefer Madness and Bill Hicks' Relentless CD. Oh, I'll be there. Back in the day. Uh-huh. I do remember that. I still have that Bill Hicks CD, and I still haven't listened to it. Gosh darn it. I tell you, it's a great one. Anyway. Next time I'm home, I'll listen to it. I just saw it the other day when I was down in Florida getting bored for three days. Oh, my word. Yes. That's amazing to hear. Well, the other it. reason I guess I called, and I know it's old news, of course. Yes, Andy. But Carrie and her cube was the reason. Cube. Yes, cube was the reason I, ha I, I had to or was allowed to escape from Miami. I was a University of Miami student. And oh, I'm I was so sorry. Um, uh, to a girl named Farah, and uh, she, through whatever reasons, I won't bore you to hell, she went into a coma. And uh, uh, I'm actually now a disabled individual. I'm a quadriplegic for some whole other reason that I won't bore you with. Andy, have you got any more good news for us? I know. I'm just oh, like boy. a fresh air. Wow. It's great to be here and being so fresh and full and loving. But anyway, um, <laughs> she was in a coma for, uh, uh, from uh, April 17th until May 30th when she died. Oh, oh, Jesus. God, I, this story just keeps getting better and better oh, and better. better. Oh, I guarantee you, I can, I'm going to take it up a whole level here, Neil. Yeah. I had to be the most evil and terrible person on earth to literally kill my wife. I had to escape. This was like about, if you remember, I mean, those dates are obviously not perfect, but this was fairly close to the Terry issue, the one of the... In other, in other words, your wife had a... Tube. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Wow, and you had it yanked? She had her own tube. And um, I, uh, of course, <laughs> as a husband, was supposed to have, you know, medical rights and such. Right. But her mother got very involved. Uh-huh. 
And the only reason that my life was not turned into what happened with the whole Terry and the tube system is because her mother was from Singapore and didn't understand our media and how to, like, ruin my life directly. So I was capable of being an evil, evil bastard Mm -hmm. and literally snuck in there in the middle of the night with a bunch of allies that I had. You were kind of like Teresa on Passions. Exactly. Sneaking in, right? I've got I've got literally um, uh, uh, another mother uh, that is in there literally distracting uh, Nicole, which is Farah's mother. The, the right. And um, while she's being distracted, I well, have I can hear the sound of people like blowing their brains out while they're listening to this call, Andy. But it's yeah, I'm long uh, there, right? All right, yeah. real quick ending, right? In closing, yes. In closing, literally. With all of these allies and all this bullshit, I literally push her out. <laughs> okay, listen, good luck to you, Andy. <laughs> wow, I, I want to do a coma there. Wow. I mean, could it get any better than that? I, I was going to ask him how he uh, had the misfortune of being quadriplegic, but I, we never got to that point because I had to dump a little something he said there. Maybe he should put his limbs to sleep. Oh, and that, see what I mean about you? That's brutal. That is just, oh, no wonder you like that movie, uh, City of God. They probably start chopping people up like in a meat grinder in there too. By the end, if they just would have chopped that one guy, what's his name? Jay Z, Lil Z, Lil Z. Yeah, if they chopped his ass up, everybody would have been alive at the end. Of the oh, movie. don't worry, just wait. Oh, good. In other words, he gets his. <laughs> he gets his. Oh well, if he gets his, I'll watch the movie. Okay. Now I feel in, better. In a great way. It's it's very I satisfying. How's that? Well, maybe somebody found a good machine gun, man. Take care of him. It's it's better than anything you. Oh, well, good. I'm I'm gonna watch it this weekend. Now right. you got Magnolia to watch. If somebody gives it, we got to find it. And then don't, buy don't it let George give you any song to dance about the bad ending. There's not a damn thing wrong with that movie. Listen, that movie I've, heard, is... I've heard both reviews. I've heard good and I've heard bad. Well, who told you bad? George. No, George doesn't think the movie is no, bad. He just doesn't like the uh, ending. The ending, uh, wanting. Yeah, well, so maybe we can get a sequel, Magnolia 2, okay? Okay. Maybe we can see if William H. Macy ever got the braces. Paul Harvey can narrate it. The rest of the story. Or maybe Paul Harvey Jr., Ooh, speaking of somebody we haven't heard from in the new year, thank God. No wonder we're so in such a good mood. So there's a guy with a uh, dead wife, and he's a, a quadriplegic. But other than that, things are going very well, he said in St. Louis. 1,333 votes on the poll. I mean, that, that was, was that for real or was that a comedy routine? I mean, that was uh, something. It was surreal. Who is South Florida's all-time broadcasting legend? Oh, I feel so freaking legendary. You know what? Neil Rogers, 704. Woo! Man. I gotta, I, I'm holding on to both sides of this chair. It's kind of like when Greg called me a couple of days ago. I was holding on to the phone with both hands because the suction was so great it was trying to fly out of my hands. And the phone, too. Ralph Rennick, 183. Skipper Chuck Zink, 100. For good old Skipper Chuck. He'll be missed at Cemetery Village. Rick Shaw, 78. And Bishop, 56. As in Q, 56. Boy, she hated me. Oh. She hated me. Why like poison. I wonder if that's a true story that she used to have a... We heard that from several people who worked at Channel 10. Mm-hmm. That she used to... Put, she posted on the bulletin board there in the newsroom. Anybody caught listening to the Neil Rogers show will be dismissed immediately. Whatever, you know. She was a real Nazi. Dyke. Larry King, 53. Jim Mandich, 48. Mike Ranieri, 34. Bob Weaver, 27. Hank Goldberg, 21 for Henry. Tony Cigaretto, only nine. And I'm sure that he. most of those votes are his. Rick Weaver, five. Craig Worthing stuck on four there, Craigo. Arnie Warren, three. Bill Tanner has got a pair. What? Sonny Hirsch, two. Finally, Sonny moved up in the world. He's tied with Tanner. Alan Courtney, two. Hello, what do you want? And uh, Sonny Fox and Don Cox. Fox and Cox, one apiece. 
Alan Courtney. Boy, you, you talk about... But you know something? What? I remember saying this a long time ago, and I'll say it again, because he was a miserable, crusty old ah, curmudgeon on here. But anybody who'd been talking to the old farts of South Florida for like about 50 years, could you blame him? No. You know, it's like one of those chicken in the egg questions. It's like, what, was George really this surly before he got married? No. This it was Neil Rogers. No. This is 562 AM. It's not just the one to two hour. It's a phenomenon. I'm dying out of here. Mad Dog 4 to 7, Curtis Stevenson at 7 o'clock till 10, Eddie K at 10 o'clock. No ball games today, but we got oh, more man. games than we can handle tomorrow. What? I said, how you doing? Clarence uh, faxes me and says, did he give this to you or did he fax it direct? He gave it to me. I see. Really? Anyway, he says, see, now here's a guy, Clarence, who called yesterday and was like uh, sucking around very nice. Nice call, Clarence. Don't call me too much more. But uh, Clarence and I have no problem. You know what I mean? What do you We're mean? on the same page. He knows all I care about is getting that paycheck, and that's it. And just leave me alone and give me the check. That's that's all we care about. Just give us our money, and let's make sure we get a raise for Josh Cordes. And by the way, you have nothing to worry about, Josh, as far as your position when you get in a new building. Josh was very uh, paranoid about that, about that we're going to try to find some way to squeeze his ass out the door, you know, to save money. No chance. Save when, money. The big bucks that he's making. Well, I mean, what other reason would they do it? Oh, you know, I mean, he's a valuable part of this team between the website and between uh, working with you on the 8,500 days a year I'm not on and all these other things. Right. Plus, uh, who's going to help me eat all these movies pizza. to find out if I'm really right? Plus, eating all the free pizza, the pizza burglar. It's better, all these things. Because if they screw with him, man, if they screw with anybody on the show, bye bye. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm just saying that just because it's true. But I just, I don't want to see that. And they're not going to do it. No, I don't think so. Clarence says, spoke to Joe Bell. Is he? I wonder if he's kind to my bill. 
He would love to touch base. We'll make arrangements for some time next week. See, Clarence understands. Leave me alone today. I'm feeling really good. My brains are unscrambled. My pressure is fine. I'm actually going to live at least through the weekend. So there you go. Clarence gets it. Some other people in that building don't get it. That's what I'm hearing. I don't want to say what. Okay. We work to keep taxes low and restrain spending. We've also got other challenges. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm looking at one. A gay kiss in a swimming pool. Oh, my God. Which two men say got them thrown out of a luxury hotel has caused a stir in traditionally macho Mexico, where open displays of homosexuality are frowned upon. Maricón. Gerardo Eliud and his partner Samir Habdu told police in Los Cabos, a plush beach resort city popular with U.S. tourists, turistas, that security guards beat them up and threw them into the street with their luggage after spotting them kissing in the hotel pool in December. You fairy! But when leftist deputies demanded an investigation into the incident in Congress this week, they were angrily shouted down by legislators from other parties who argued that the subject was unfit for discussion in the chamber. The ruckus highlights the discovery about homosexuality in this predominantly Catholic country, despite recent openness toward gays in some areas. You know, it's really interesting about uh, the... The Latin American countries, they're all so different because, like Spain, which is overwhelmingly Catholic, they thumb their nose at the Pope, and they uh, have the gay marriage thing there now yeah. and uh, all, all of these uh, things. It's not you know? the only thing they thumb, from what I heard. Are you starting with that pink thing again? It's a question of... Pro- <laughs> I think that's what they're starting with. It's a question of profound conservatism, intolerance, and backwardness. Party of the Democratic Revolution Deputy Inti Munoz said of the deputies' reaction. He's probably kin to Manny Munoz. I sure hope not, for his sake. Congress voted that the issue was not urgent and shoved it in the commission for analyzation. So who do you like better, Manny Munoz or Marvin Rawman? Marvin. That's your buddy. My best close personal friend. Yeah, I bet. Thanks a lot for whammy, by the way, Marvin, you idiot. Eliud, a 27-year-old public relations officer who lives with his 24-year-old air steward, Habdu, in Mexico City with his buddy, said he and his partner only shared a discreet peck. Oh, boy. Excuse me? <laughs> it was just a two-second kiss. We didn't even touch lips, he said, adding the couple chose the Hotel Presidente Intercontinental because of the stated gay-friendly policy of its parent company. A spokesman for the hotel said it had documents and witness statements proving the couple's version of the events was false. He insisted the hotel was gay-friendly and said the pair was thrown out for making inappropriate advances at other guests. Oh, no, they were cruising for and got a bruising. The hotel in Los Cabos, a a maggot for foreign yachters and golfers, pays British group Intercontinental Hotels uh, to use its brand. All you maricones stay out of Mexico. In fact, anybody with a brain stay out of Mexico, unless you're a crazy person. Because uh, what happens to a lot of tourists who go to Mexico is, like the Roche Motel, they check in and they never check out. WQAM, hello. Neil, how you doing? Okay, Pally. Hey, uh, I didn't hear you talk about it, but too bad for the Jetsu that they shot down that uh, voucher system in the courts, huh? They shut down what? You know, he was always petitioning for the uh, school vouchers for the private schools. You know, oh, yeah, money. but he's, he's got his devious plans. He wants to bring it back, you know. He says, oh, he's going to bring it back. Bring him back alive. Why did you turn him over this son of a gun? Well, he's a very popular guy, man. People like fascists. Yeah, fascist pig. Anyway, love your show, Neil. Good luck to us, Pally. All right. I'll vouch, I'll vouch for him. And his brother, his uh, dumbass brother. Fill the jobs which will actually exist. He's right up there slurring his words and talking like a moron right there on TV. And boy, they sure give enough time. They're not talking too much about Jack Abramoff or about Tom DeLay or Bob Ney or any of these things, God forbid. 
or even Duke Cunningham. I'm going to play that Duke bit again. You can listen very good. Okay, I will. No, no, I don't. I want to. What is the word again? <laughs> but. But. Okay. I, I knew it wasn't what I thought it was, but boy, it was uh, something. A little bit uh, fuzzy for me. WQAM, hello. Neil, I got something for your poll. Okay. All, only old people like us will remember this guy. Big Wilson. Yeah, well, uh, several people have mentioned that, but uh, okay. We'll put him on it and make you happy, okay? Thank you. Bye. You bet. Put Big Wilson on there so these people quit bugging me. I, I, would, I would hardly say that Big Wilson was legendary because he had a cult following on the Night Owl movies on Channel 6, and the radio audience he had on IOD is one of the great entertainers. Uh, I mean, if we're going to put him on there, we'll put Bill Calder on there, too. And I, we could. I don't think, huh? We could. could neither one, of them, were not, neither one of them was in the market that long. I'm trying to tell you that. Look, they'll answer the question they want to answer, mister. <laughs> yeah. Who do you like? We've already done that eight million times. Who's your favorite? Who do you like? Who did you hate? But that's not the question today. In addition to which, uh, who cares? You know, let's get Big Wilson on. Hello, Big. And, and I'll guarantee you now he's going to get some votes because people have whipped us up. They're whipping it. Hello. WQAM, hello. Hey, I don't think there's ever been a poll before that's been freaked as much as this one. What do you think? Yeah. What does oh, that mean? Hi. Yeah, freaked this. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, I got one for the poll. Yeah. Big Wilson. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> All right. Excellent choice. Five, six, seven. The calls just keep getting better and better. If they're good all through this new year, man, we're going to kick some serious ass with or without that pink instrument. WQAM, hello. Yeah, I got one for you, folks. Okay. I think he calls himself the great one. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. WQAM, hello. Uncle Leo, how's it going? Yes, sir. We can't wait till he calls himself the late one. Yes. How's everything going, Neil? Excellent. Very good. I'm... I am always sick of South Florida, but even more so after coming back from Chicago for the from the holidays. Everybody I look at down here, I want to kill. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't handle it. Uh, that's my hometown, Chicago. Uh, it's just, it's unbelievable how you could be somewhere where the, a good percentage of the other people kind of are concerned about you, or at least act a little concerned about you. Right. And uh, think. It's so much easier to get things done. When well, why do you think I, why do you think I like it here so much? People are friendly, they're cooperative, they're helpful, they're polite. They're just, you know, I mean, 99 percent of the people here are agreeable. Just the opposite of South Florida, where like ninety nine percent of the people are like Bleh! like that. Exactly. I mean, people don't realize it here. What it's like in other places. Uh, this place where I live, one of the Quislings over there at QAM live in the same development. I'm not sure who it is, but I see the van pull out of here. It's uh, West Pine. Yeah. And. Uh, they just got a new homeowner's association because they wanted to improve this place. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable, but they just changed hands a few months ago. It's worse than it was. There's, you can't get a response from anybody, no matter what it is. And every time everybody's pointing the finger and go, you go to this person, go to this person. Every person you go to to get help, nobody knows about what the other person was just talking now about. Now you're talking. Now that's the South Florida Athen way, man. But and it, but it, it's just like and then you go back to the first person you talk to and it's like they just look at you with like a blank look on their face like huh oh, yeah yeah so, well thanks a lot Uncle Neil I love the show good luck to you pal you pack your bags baby and get out okay when it up Maddie Bell Rodriguez there she is Maddie Bell Rodriguez Maddie Bell don't you know him it Maddie Bell Maddie Bell well I'm not saying it well Dios mío esos carros there she is Maddie Bell Rodriguez it says uh... Oh, this is a long fax. 
It says, speaking of pink torpedoes, oh, see the end of that? This, oh, this is from, I'm looking at the header on this. It's from the same uh, anonymous board op. Long-haired Alex was good friends with Dan. The rain actually hurts uh, Stuart. What, what does that mean? I, I don't know. I, I tried to prove for you that before. Oh, I we're fine. He likes the Steelers. You liked him. I, I don't know what that means. The greatest contribution from Steve Nichol was that the new traffic outfit that was supposed to replace Metro traffic, uh, the Spanish girl was unintelligible. Oh, he's knocking for Maribel. Well, you liked her. She had big hooters, man. Big enough. She was fine. By the way, her English is much better these days. And she's on Channel 4 News now. And she's a Rodriguez, part of the cult. It said, man, old Steve Nicole wanted her real bad. Just like he said about Erin Summers. I don't know if her show's going to be any good, but she's got a great ass. <laughs> oh, what a, what a kidder. Anyway, it says he wanted uh, to do to her what Phil Henry did to... Oh, I see. Oh, no. This just goes too much inside <laughs> stuff on here. Yeah. And that worked with Lisa. It says, man, Lisa was beautiful, wasn't she? It was Lisa. Lisa Mercy, I would imagine. Used to talk to her on the air when she changed live copy. That's right. Lisa from Traffic. Not from, uh, not the one that was not married to, uh, uh, what's his name, the sales guy? No. What that was his name? Schwartz, Steve Schwartz? Right, you're thinking Laura. Oh, Laura. Laura and Lisa, Lisa and Laura, Danny and Jimmy. And it says he's back in Denver, too bad. That is one random name. thought about Rick Riley. Man, did he breathe loud. You know, one of those guys can actually, you can hear breathe. We were all in the boardroom for some talent producer meeting, and while Bob Green was talking, all I could hear was Rick Riley breathing. I became transfixed. I never heard Rick breathing hard, but evidently this board up. Do uh, you think this is Alex? It could very well be. Because he mentions long-haired Alex. Tom Hopkins, great newsman. Is he still alive? Yeah, last time we heard he was in uh, Costa Rica or somewhere, right? Uh, okay. Or did he die? No, he didn't die. No, thank He's a good guy. Wanted to collect workers' comp for having Tourette syndrome. Remember, Randy dropped the guitar man as a guest because Rick Riley stole him that day. Boy, this is this stuff is just. It says I'm not the fatso board op who spilled this uh, soda on the board and ruined it that time. Well, which one is Ziggy Ziglar's finest hour? I hear he's Dave Graveline's private engineer. Oh boy, oh boy, I'm not touching that. And the best thing about her in Summer Show was the visit from that infomaniac, Kathy Willits. I squeezed her breasts for free, but they were fake. Huh. Maybe this is uh, Adam. It's got to be Adam. Maybe. No? Hey, Neil. <laughs> oh, man. She changed the complexion of the prostitute business, I'll tell you that. I heard she was a professional model. Ooh. 114 at QAM. Happy New Year from our friends at Armstrong Photo Homestead. 2005 was a great year, and thousands of new customers took advantage of the Neal deal and bought their new Ford from Armstrong Ford. Why do people shop there? It's easy, man, because Armstrong Ford guarantees you a great price, great service after the sale, and that personal touch that comes from a local family-owner dealership. Pick up that phone right now and call David Rich, the GM, at 305-247-5112. When you buy a new Ford from Armstrong Ford or Homestead, you'll also, on top of their fantastic, unbeatable prices, get their exclusive Tires and Batteries for Life program. That's right. When you buy from Armstrong Ford, you get free tires and batteries for the life of your car. That could save you thousands of dollars. David Rich and the staff guarantee you won't find a better price any place. Being locally owned and operated, you know they're going to treat you great because they want to make you a customer for life. No bait and switch, no phony sales. So start the year off with a great new Ford from our friend David Rich and the staff at Armstrong Ford or Homestead. You'll find them at 30725 South Dixie Highway, just 20 minutes south of the 836. Check them on the web, armstrongcars.com. Drive a few miles extra and save thousands at Armstrong Ford of Homestead. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM.
Investors don't risk. Your Federal Emergency Management Agency of inept and inhumane pieces of filthy white Bush loyalist criminal craft is pleased to inform all victims of Katrina, we now care about you. To show how much we value human life, we now offer you the FEMA card. Each FEMA card has a predetermined spending limit of $300 to $2,000, and you can withdraw the cash at any operable ATM, if you can find one. While Halliburton absconds its $59 billion gift on the promise of rebuilding your city, your FEMA card will give you more loot to boot. Each card will get a stamp with every purchase made. Ten stamps will get you a free cup of coffee at Scoogins. So, what's in your wallet? Get in line now. All cards available on a first-come, first-served basis. Oh, uh, wait a minute. What was that? Oh, and we're not offering them anymore. So if you can hear this, uh, never mind. Just just float away. Got a bulletin from Israel. Okay. They're feeding, they're feeding Sharon intravenously chopped liver so it can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, they're, I guess they're straining at first, or maybe he's straining. I hope. There's your president, man. But beep but boop but I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear him. Okay, here's that story. I keep threatening. I keep teasing it. I've been waiting. In a sign of rising despair over the country's dwindling birth rate. I thought that Tokyo was just teeming with people. Right. I thought, I thought that Japan had an overpopulation problem, didn't they? That's what I thought. Well, they don't. They have a dwindling birth rate. The Prime Minister of Japan has suggested that his people should take their cue from the canine world and breed larger litters of offspring in the year of the dog. Prime Minister Koizumi's unexpected do-as-dogs-do advice arose during his New Year's press conference. His first, maybe in the State of the Union address, Bush can do that too, you know? Yeah, breed like dogs. His first public appearance since it was revealed a week ago that Japan's population contracted by 19,000 last year and is shrinking for the first time in more than a century. They're shrinking. Boy, if the Japanese getting smaller, we'll be stepping on them. Since this is now the Japanese year of the dog, I thought that was only a Chinese thing. Hey, learn something new, don't you? All them Orientals do all this stuff, the year of the this, the year of the ass? Partly. Now, this is going to be the year of the ass. Uh, it's now the year of the dog. He said in 2006 that it has an ideal role model from the animal kingdom. Dogs produce lots of puppies, and when they do, the pains of labor are easy, he said, adding that he'll now do everything in his power to fashion an environment where people can think raising children is delightful. Wow. Not as delightful as making them, but almost. Beyond this canine counsel and what is almost certain to be his last New Year's speech as Prime Minister, Mr. Koizumi offered no other ideas about how to deal with the birth rate problem. In Tokyo, home to 30 million people, about 30, man. the rate has declined to .99 children per woman. Maybe that's why they're so short. They're having like 99 hundredths of a kid. Is that it? 30 million people in Tokyo. That's like three times the size of New York. Right? Right. It's like, uh, I don't know what L.A. is these days, but probably like two and a half to three times the size of L.A. 30 million people. they got a uh, people shortage. In addition to which, geographically, you look at Japan and those islands, man, like a couple of turds in the ocean, right? Uh, right. They're not, they don't, not all that big. Not really. Although Mr. Koizumi's push through a string of difficult reforms in Japan, his failure to address the birth issue is striking. He has repeatedly been asked whether he has a strategy in place and repeatedly said he don't. The arrival of Japan's first year of natural population decline has been vaguely predicted, but it's actually come far sooner than expected. Even the Prime Minister's jovial dog litter remarks, says political analysts, have the clear ring of panic about them. Oh. In its last session in 2005, the Cabinet announced a gender equality initiative that was widely interpreted as a last-ditch attempt to stave off the country's looming demographic catastrophe. The seemingly impossible plan was designed to create conditions in which the nation's women will both stay at home to have more children and work harder. They're working on it. 
At its core, the new drive is a package of improvements to working conditions, which it is hoped will remove some of the obstacles preventing women from having larger families. Measures include the introduction of flexible working hours and a proposal that hundreds of shops left vacant by the recession be converted into child care facilities. But the scheme also attempts to address other sides of the demographic problem as the population contracts, so does the workforce, with potentially dire economic effects. The government's solution is to cajole more women to coming back to work after their childbearing days are done. More old bags. How do you like that? About 70% of Japanese mothers don't return to work after childbirth. Part of that pattern is cultural, but much has to do with practical difficulties of returning to work. Women find it nearly impossible to return to good jobs they've left in order to have chillins. This forces Japanese women to make a stark choice between career and maternity, and the current generation is increasingly interested in pursuing a career. Now, let, let me ask you, when I called you the other day, uh, yesterday, was yeah. that uh, Crystal or your daughter to answer the phone? One or, one or the other. They sound no. the same to me. What do you mean? Well, who told you it was me on the phone? I think it was Crystal. And that's why, that's why I didn't yeah. talk to her. Fine. Why? What, why? I don't want to start. I don't want to, like, uh, get involved, you know? Yeah. I want to say, like, hey, how you doing, honey? I want to do that. I hear all these uh, great things. Yeah. I don't want to get involved. Just uh, hey, give me George, and that's it. Nothing can be done about it. Okay. Oh, yeah. I saw that movie last night. <laughs> Who is South Florida's all-time broadcasting legend? Uh, well, when we get to 1,400, I'll read it. We got 1,394. Wow, if I'd have known that, we could have got to 1,500, you know, if I'd given a big push. Right? We could have made 1500 during the show. Josh would be doing cartwheels right now, right into Duff's orifice. Oh, what a thought that is. That line nine, you know, like Greg would say, it's really intriguing. That line nine, it keeps ringing today more than ever. QAM, hello. Yes, hi. I'd like to talk to Neil. Speaking. Yes, hi. Um, I'm calling from Japan, actually. I just heard your report. You're calling from Japan? Mushi, mushi. Yeah, I'm listening. Thank oh. God for the Internet, right? Ohio. Wow. <laughs> Where in Japan? Yeah, um, what city? Um, Kyoto. What is it? Kyoto. Kyoto. Yeah, the cultural capital of Japan. That's Kyoto. what they want to know about Shiron. What did he, what he get killed of? They probably poisoned his matzo balls just like they did to Arafar. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. So how is it over there? Yeah, not too bad. It's a little cold. But yeah. um, I just wanted to tell you that. Uh, That's what happened after WW2. That's what Truman said. Half the population got killed off. But anyway. Yeah. So I was... Uh, I was listening to your report, and I wanted to tell you a few things about it. First of Go all, um, Japan is a really big borrower of culture. They, uh, they basically take parts of things and turn it into something Japanese. Mm -hmm. so they You're turning Japanese, like, yeah. <laughs> God, I hope not. And, uh, yeah, so the, the, the Zodiac thing, that's uh, borrowed from the Chinese. And, uh, the, uh, so, in other words, there is no original Japanese culture. It's all ripped off from the chinks. Is that what you're saying? A lot of it is, yeah. That's uh -huh. actually the, the the Chinese and the Americans, Germans, and the other thing is that uh, actually the uh, young Japanese people are the same height as us because now they're eating milk, they're eating meat, and they're drinking milk, and <clears throat> so only the uh, older ones are. They're eating the in all the fast ones. food joints. They'll probably all be dead in about six months. <laughs> You're not kidding. It's become quite a big that's problem. That's the one thing the U.S. is doing really the best, man. No matter where you go in the world, you can't get away from all the fast food joints anywhere, everywhere. They are there. And there is a McDonald's on every corner here, every I'll single one. Boy, we sure love Mickey D's, though. And 7-Eleven. Uh-huh. Really? Must, yeah, be also, like, must be like Copenhagen. 7-Eleven's on every street corner in Copenhagen. Where there used to be porno shops, now there's 7-Elevens. 
Yeah, so I just want to check in and say hi, man. I'm really well, I think this is our first air. call ever from Kiltoff, maybe from Japan in general. It's our first ever. We're going to mark it down, man. What a way to start the new year. <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you doing there? Do you work there? Yeah, I'm actually an English conversation teacher. I'm getting ready to uh, transition into teaching at a Japanese uh, elementary school, actually. I'll be damned. Well, listen, have a great life, Pally. Hey, man, thanks so much. I've been listening to you about for about 15 years. All right. Thanks. It. Have a great uh, All right. whatever. See you. <laughs> yeah. Hung, uh, one hung low. How do you like that? Yeah, in Copenhagen, they got a 7-Eleven on every street corner where there used to be all that horror, that porno crap, you know. I mean, who wants to see that? Oh, I do remember one of the 7-Elevens where I got a slice of pizza. I was practicing to be a pizza burglar, but I actually paid for it. Oh, for me! Yeah. <laughs> oh. There is something about those Great Danes, man. They sure look good, but uh, what's the use? 27 after 1 at 560 WQAM. When you're shopping for shoes, here's a place you ought to head for right away. Immediately, if not sooner, Brandy Shoes in Pompano Beach. Boy, they got the unbeatable combination over there. All the top brand names. They got people that know how to fit you perfectly, and they give you prices that nobody can come close to. Brandy's carries the biggest selection anywhere of just about all the top brands. You like them, they got them. Rockport, Echo, Florsheim, SAS, Mephisto, New Balance, all the other top names in the shoe business. And the professional shoe fitters, like I said, will make sure you have a customized fit of your favorite comfort shoe every time. Just ask for Arnie. He'll take good care of you. And Brandy's even specialized in wide widths for those of you people out there with big, wide, fat ones. Brandy's is worth the trip from any place in South Florida to take really good care of them Tootsies. For comfort, style, fit, value, and selection, always think Brandy Shoes at 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. Open daily, Monday through Friday till 9, and every Sunday even until 5. And this week is a stupendous time to buy S. Oh, by the way, speaking of Izzy, he was, I know who else he did work for? Berkeley. He did work at Berkeley's house. Boy, did he ever trash her the other day. At any rate. Huh? Maybe that's what happened. Right. It's a great time this week to buy SAS at Brandy's. Take 20% off all great men's and women's styles. So be sure to get into Brandy's this week. Or do your shoe shopping by sitting right on your ass there on the Internet at brandyshoes.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. I you bastard. Deep in the jungles of the Amazon lives something so large, so amazing, so wasted, it can't be held captive in a Ziploc sandwich bag. Cheech and Chong star in King Bong. Hey, this is great, man. Join the expedition team as they venture deep into the weeds to wrestle the hay from the cannabis drive. Hey, hang on, you guys. I'll be right back. And bring it to New York City for distribution by Dave. Dave's not here. Ebert and Roper say... Just to be blunt about it, King Bong is some killer shit. Cheech and Chong star in King Bong. Rated MJ must be at least a quarterback to enter. Showing every afternoon at, you know it, 420. Okay, man, start it up. Okay, we got uh, Big Bullet in here, Radio Bulletin. Okay. Nobody's going to care about this. I was just reading radio records to see if there's anything about Greg Reed's exiting his GM and Joe uh, Bell coming in. By the way, Joe Bell's a great guy, and he loves us, and uh, he's going to talk to him next week, and that's great. But I will say this. You yeah. know the old thing about how we get addicted to pain? And if you like no. have a painful... Huh? No. Oh, yeah. If you have like a painful shoulder or a spot, and after a while you become... When, when, it, when the pain goes away, if, it, if you're lucky enough that it does... You you kind of miss it. You know what I'm saying? No. Nope. Nope. Oh. <laughs> oh. Cox Radio, Miami OM operations manager Tony Fields has added day-to-day PD duties for the Clusters Heritage uh, Urban uh, WEDR. 
He takes duties previously held by Cedric Hollywood, who's probably kin to Fort, uh, Dwight Fort Lauderdale, who uh, exited late last year. Isn't that exciting? Anybody care about that? Nope. No. I just thought I'd mention it. Hey, Mike. <coughs> have another pop, Mike. That Disney boy, he sure liked his booze. At any rate, that's what Cheryl said. How's Cheryl doing? She called you up to wish you a happy uh, birthday? and happy stuff like that? No, no. Good. Good. I think we finally got rid of her. I mean, uh, she's probably moved on to bigger and better things. Married that rich Jew. I mean, whatever. At any rate, I feel sorry for the kids. Uh, how we got uh, 1,400 and some votes on here? 1,412. Who is South Florida's all-time broadcasting legend? I feel a little bit relieved because I think that if Izzy really had died from the operation, that somebody would have called, wouldn't you think? I would imagine. And I looked at the obits this morning. I mean, I'm really concerned about that. He was just sitting in my living room on uh, Sunday and out there working his ass off on Monday and then, of course, probably doing somebody else's job on the same day, and that's probably what put him over the edge. Too much. Needed a little assistance out there, Izzy. Trying to do too damn much. An old Q-tip. Who is South Florida's uh, all-time broadcasting legend? 1,412 votes. Neil Rogers, 753. Thank you so much, even if you don't mean it. Ralph Rennick, 186. Skipper Chuck Snick, 105. Rick Shaw, 82. And Bishop, 57. Larry King, 55. Jim Mandich got 50. The Mad Dog. Mike Winery, 38. Bob Weaver, 28. Hank Goldberg, 23. Tony Cigaretto is stuck on 9. Craig Worthing, 7. Rick Weaver, 5. Arnie Warren, 4. Arnie just moved up a notch. Ken Malden voted again. By the way, what's the story with Ken? I haven't heard. Uh, is Ken doing updates today? I, I don't know. Oh, between 4 I and 7. I saw him earlier. Series. He's here. Between 4 and 7. All the best, Ken. Happy New Year. Give him a big kiss for me. I miss Ken. I don't miss too many other people there, but I miss Ken. He's a great guy. He'll tell you Arnie Warren stories, I'm sure. Sonny Hurst, 3. Bill Tanner, 2. Alan Courtney, 2. And one apiece for Big Wilson. Sonny Fox and Don Cox. Fox and Cox, one apiece. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the Verizon Singular wireless line. The Molemeister coming along at 2 o'clock. He'll give you the inside scoop. He'll tell you who's going to win the big games this weekend, won't he? Or not. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how you doing? Okay. Yeah, earlier today you struck a nerve in me when you were talking about the Panthers and how they got the college games going on. Isn't that pathetic? Why is that? The other night when I turned on the TV to see the game, I'm watching a college basketball game. I'm Why? Oh, you know Why? something? That, I know which game you're talking about. That was the Buffalo game? Yeah, it was the uh, Islander game. Oh. The Islander game. And I don't, I don't oh, you mean understand. you mean we had a college basketball game on this stage? Well, that's what we got tomorrow. No, actually, last Sunday when they played in Buffalo, I'm trying to watch the game, and it was blacked out on DirecTV because it was supposed to be broadcast locally, and the Panthers didn't telecast it. So until right. late in the third period when they finally put the uh, Buffalo uh, telecast on it, the, the game wasn't on. I don't get it. Two years in a row, every game was on. Last year, the year before that, every game was televised. Right. And now, are they just picking and choosing which games are going to televise and which ones are not? Yeah, I think they're, I think they're cheaping it down is what they're doing. That ain't right. So tomorrow, if I want to watch that day game, i got to go see the, the Rangers feed on a satellite? Well, no, but this has nothing to do with it. What does this have to do with the telecast? They're not telecasting tomorrow? It's a uh, 1 o'clock game. Well, I don't know. They didn't telecast the uh, Ranger, I mean, the uh, Islander game. Yeah, either, they did. So. Oh, they, they didn't? No. Well, that, that's right. Well, I watched it on my package here with the Islander telecast. You're right. Well, well we'll find saying. out. I, I call them up and bitch them out, man. I tried, but then they, they didn't answer the phone. Oh, yeah, well, they probably cut that off, too. Good luck to us. Well, Alan Cohen, you know, had that, that day at the track with Hank, and he bada beep, bada boop, bada bop, and they're going to make money this year. Well, if you're going to make money, Alan, like, uh, start being a little more fan-friendly, okay? 
And then I read, did I read actually that Dave Strader is going to be doing some of those uh, Olympic games, and as a result, that Jugs McDonald is going to be rolling out of mothballs to do some uh, Panther games on TV while Strader is uh, away? Which I don't understand that because there's not going to be any NHL. Well, whatever uh, Dave Strader is going to be doing. Dave Strader is pretty good. Not great. Not one of the great broadcasters, but he's good. I'm sure that Josh likes his work. Yeah, he's fantastic. And then Jugs McDonald, that old the toad man, he just, uh, hey, Jugs, you know, just enough already, you know? A hollow flamer, all of that stuff with your Coke bottle glasses. It's just don't go out like Keith Jackson, man, like a clown. Go out on top, or at least in the middle, not like a clown. Boy, he sure hated me like poison jugs. You know, in the beginning he liked me, and then when I started ripping him an ass, very uh, thin-skinned. Plus, he's tired of you saying how good Goldie is. Goldie is not good. I never, I said that in the beginning when I hadn't heard him. I heard like about 30 seconds, you know. About 30, man. And then when I heard him calling the uh, goals for the opposing teams, like an Iscar, you know, like, like that. When you pull those up for you again? Huh? When you pull those up for you? No, I don't do that. No, that's that's so such a yeah. Go ahead. No, I don't want to hear it. Don't do it. Now, see, you really are you behind the veneer of being Mr. Nice Guy. You really can be a bastard. I think it, I think you got it from this show. Yes, I think from did. being associated with this program, me and well, then I blame you. I blame well, you. Well, okay, fine, and I'll take full credit for it. We don't want you to be a nice guy. Nice is boring. Okay, there are a lot of nice people in business. Look what it got them. They're probably working on stations that nobody even knows the call letters of. And he's not even a nice guy either, Mr. Ego. He's an idiot. But when I told Lasseter about his, uh, you know, Cain becoming like a born-again Christian and adopting 16 uh, black children and all uh, the homophobic uh, right-wing uh, uh, abortion-hugging, uh, fetus-hugging, all that stuff, he just uh, couldn't believe it. Nice talking to Blabo yesterday. It was good. It was a nice I needed that. You know, somebody who actually understands the business and, and got out of it, even though his current circumstances could be a hell of a lot better. But nevertheless, you know, he's uh, keeping his chins up. I like that. You know what I'm saying? What do you say? I'm saying he sounds, for all the uh, problems he's got and been through physically, he's uh, in a pretty decent frame of mind. Oh, still God. there along with Terrence. Terrence pushes it up the wall. Hunter on the right side, takes the shot, deflected on goal by York, Luongo, the pad save. They throw it out in front again, and Luongo slid over to make the stop. Loose now, in the circle. Another shot, another save by Roberto, and he gloves this one. He'll hang on with 10.02 to go in the second. Luongo comes up big. No, what's wrong with that? That, that was, was a good, good one. Uh, that was excellent. No, he's capable of being good. He just needs a little assistance. He needs somebody to steer him in the right direction about not being sounding like a spoiled child when the team is losing or they lose on one of those late goals like they usually do or whatever. And, gee, just when we thought they had turned it around again, they, they went on the road. And they just, even as good as they were playing, they go on the road and all of a sudden they start tanking it. I don't know what that's all about. Maybe they like that home cooking. You think? Who the hell knows? U.S. Senate Minority Leader Harry Reid, no relation to Greg, called for the resignation of Homeland Security Department Secretary Mickey Chertoff on Wednesday, a day after the government dropped Las Vegas from a list of cities. You know, th this, this goes to show you how ridiculous it is, okay? What was the number one target beside New York and Washington? What was the number one target they were screaming about for since 2001, since 9-11? Uh, I don't know the space name. Vegas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the 9-11 terrorists, they spent time in Vegas, and there were rumors, they had intercepted rumors of a planned attack in Vegas on the 4th of July or whatever. That never materialized, but nevertheless. And now they've dropped them from the list. Considered potential high-risk targets eligible for special anti-terrorism grants, and the people in Vegas are foaming at the mouth. And rightfully so. Reed of Nevada joins Clark County Sheriff Bill Young in calling for Chertoff to step down as a result of the decision jeopardizing millions in additional federal funding that Nevada currently receives as a result of being considered a potential terrorist target. Anyone who can't see that Las Vegas is a high-risk area doesn't deserve to serve in a position like that, Reed said, and he happens to be... Absolutely correct, sir. 
we had more visitors on New Year's Eve than they had in Times Square, and we're not a high-risk area. For heaven's sakes, he said. For Pete's sakes, Jesus freaking Christ. Las Vegas and 10 other cities previously categorized as high threat fell behind 35 areas declared eligible this year for special grants earmarked by the Department of Homeland Insecurity. And it goes on, but a beep, but a boop, but a bump. On Tuesday, Young called Chertoff impossible to deal with regarding the needs of a major tourist destination, one that last year played host to nearly 40 million visitors. And that's because they got those evil one-eyed bandits. They got the slot. They got the gambling, baby. Man, you talk about being in the, in the dark ages. No wonder 72% of the people went out of Florida. Now, what are we doing on these last two embarrassing breaks here? We're actually doing a one-minute break? Well, you know, I filled it with another spot. Oh, you're not going to play that Ristorante spot again, are you? Well, yeah, probably. One forty-one at QAM. This is Neil Rogers. This is five sixty QAM. Packing. Absolutely. Well, he's a Tallahassee Nazi. Oh, who got the money from his daddy? Ah, and as I said, my little bratty. With an agenda that's crappy. Well, he's a Tallahassee Nazi. No, Well, he's a presidential son who doesn't have to run. No one else is gonna win. He might as well just move right in. He has a golden spoon. He was born with up his ass. So look out, all you Jews. Get ready for the gap. He's a Tallahassee Nazi. He'll give our civil rights to whammy. Cause he's a Tallahassee Nazi. Love of FLA. Well, he's a very wealthy dude with very fascist views who never paid his dues. By next year, we'll all be screwed. Sick heart. Sick heart. Any schmuck could win that race against Buddy McKay. Why do you think they call it gubernatorial anyway? He's a Tallahassee Nazi. He'll make the KKK happy. Yeah, he's a Tallahassee Nazi. Love of FLA. Come on, let's do step. Oh, but he's wildly popular with your fat-ass governor, man. Maybe we can actually have a Christian wrestling league in Florida now. I'm sure that really, your fat-ass governor would love that. we got Christian uh, prisons, and we got Christian... Uh, maybe we have Christian slot machines. Isn't that a I good idea? Yeah. You know, you, you pull the handle, or you hit the button, and it goes, Ah, Jesus Christ, you want again? <laughs> Jesus Christ? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like that. Just like that. Speaking of that, singer Barry Gibb. Oh, let's do some more Bee Gees music. Coming right up. Like, what do you mean? I got all my... Didn't I buy a whole bunch of BG stuff that time? After, did. Um, why did I do that? Oh, I was inspired because I saw the uh, biography thing of the BG. That's what awesome. is that? Got to send a message to... That's uh, it. I see. Could barely hear it. Legendary BG singer Barry Gibb, who called South Florida home long before the likes of Madonna and Stallone, has found a new heaven on earth. Blame it on Katrina, Rita, and Wilma. Gibb, who turns 60 on Monday... Oh, happy birthday, Barry. And his wife, Linda, residents of Miami Beach's posh North Bay Road since 77, have purchased the rustic Tennessee home. See, even they're bailing out. Where the late singer Johnny Cash and his wife, June Carter, lived for 35 years. June Carter Cash. More significantly, Gibbs has also just sold his Middle East, Middle, oh, Middle East, <laughs> Middle, Middle Ear Studio at the foot of the Venetian Causeway, the locale where he produced Barbara Streisand's guilty album, and she ought to be. 
Is the oldest BG brother taking flight? According to his publicist and close friend, the answer is no. Very low South Florida spokesman Paul Block said he's just going to split his time between both places, but we don't know what the time split will be. Probably like me, you know. I spend about, what, 15 days here in Florida and the other 350 uh, someplace else. The close friend who did not want to be identified said Gibb had a rough hurricane season and was looking for another place to hang his hat, if only during the threat of storms. Well, I can't imagine anyone. Well, of course, threat of storms is like May to the end of November, right? Right. Well, like I said, Cash fans and those who saw the recent head movie, I Walked the Line, know the old Hickory Lake home outside Nashville is where Carter Cash fan went to write men broken hearts. The old Hickory Lake home. Remember old Hickory? I do. Our seventh president. He's still walking that line. He's walking a fine line between sobriety and uh, incoherence. But nevertheless, if it's good enough for Ariel Sharon, it's good enough for old Johnny Cash. And it goes on and on. But a beep, but a boop, but a beep, but a boop, but a beep. The 13,880-square-foot home on the 4.6-acre property was sold for an undisclosed amount, a lawyer for the Cash family said. The house had been on the market for $2.9 million, but then reduced to a real bargain, $2.5 million. What a, what a steal. Cash and Carter died within months of each other in 2003, the same year as 53-year-old Maurice Gibb. How do you like that? Now, what's the name of that bit, please? Oh, uh... Impacted fart. The impact. Oh, very good. And there's no fart sound on either. That's the. Uh, wow. Maybe Joe Gibbs, Joe, uh, whatever his name is, Joe Blast, will give us our fart sounds back. What do you think? No. Oh, well, anyway. Blast. I was standing there one day, not thinking I would die from being able to make doo-doo-doo. I should never be McDonald's. A big Mac trapped inside my bowels. How can you die from the fact of thoughts? Who let these put your doctors in? Now my heart stops. You shrug said cyanide, tore my intestines out. I guess I should have known what to expect living in Miami with the kind of service you get in this town. I would like to leave tomorrow If I didn't eat that crap I swallow <laughs> Why can't you let me some you can Why can't you losers get it right? My bowels are blocked Inside my hiney Can't make my turds go out well, there you go. I uh, won't hear him no more, and that'll teach you to go to Mount Sinai. I'll tell you that right now. That's too bad. I'm just finishing up sending a story right. there about by Molly Ivins. Here's a fax from Joey. Now, is the guy from Japan really saying Kyoto? Saying Kyoto. Is that what, no, seriously, is that what he was saying? Yes. Oh, well, how come he didn't tell me that? He said I Kyoto. thought he was saying Kilova. <clears throat> kil, kil, didn't he say Kilt? No, that wasn't Kyoto. Trust me. It was kilt. Uh, it was kilt over there or something. It says when Mo leaves, you think the Mo bits will be uh, greater? Will they go away? Well, they're never going to go away. And who says Mo's leaving, huh? I wouldn't be I surprised if Mo is in with Joe right now, getting their mojo straightened out. Also, the dude in Japan said he was in Kyoto and love you a long time. Win about thirty thousand. About thirty man. Thanks, Joey. Thanks a lot, Joey. Thanks for the memories. So let's see. The uh, Bee Gees, uh, whatever, very good as well. Tennessee. He is. He wants out. 
Everybody wants out. I'm, oh, and I also want to remind you, very a public service, which we very seldom do, something actually useful from this show. Which I, uh, John had told me about this, but I forgot all about it, and he probably will too. Your two cents will cover a new stamp rate hike that starts on Sunday. Did you remember that? Nope. Well, there you go. Thanks for reminding me. Starting Sunday, postage joins the long list of things that will cost you more in the new year. The price to mail a first-class letter. The stamp here is 50 cents, and it's going to 51 pretty soon, before the end of the month. 50. Damn it. See, so that guy that was in Oakville. Oh, by the way, there was a shooting in Oakville. There was a story about something at the Oakville Mall. That guy would have really loved it. Shooting in Oakville, although it was only in the kneecap. And it's so expensive here in the price of gas. And, oh, there's all this violence and crime and mayhem. The price to mail a first-class letter bumps up to 39 cents, a two-cent increase from the 37. It's been the uh, price since June 2002. It just I, To show you how old I am, and this will really shock the living daylights out of you, when I was a kid, it was three cents to mail a letter. Now, do I sound like an old fogey or what? Well, a little bit. Oh, here's one that says, why not Bob Soper for the pool? Yeah, put old Bob O on there. We like we'll Soper a lot. He's a good guy. Never stole a freight train. He did kill that guy, but nevertheless. Hey. What? He had a good We like Soper a lot. Yes, we do. Not knocking him while he's uh, the guy's down. Postal officials say they need the uh, price hike to cover the rising fuel cost and to budget $3.1 billion to deal with the problem in the Postal Service's retirement fund. Oh, boy. I wonder how my old friend Rick the Mailman is doing. Well, we were just about to turn you off. Uh, okay, Rick. Remember that? <laughs> yes, I do. We were reaching for the dial, and all of a sudden, that arthritis in our arm, or we couldn't quite reach for the get to the dial. Boy, I don't, know, I don't remember what that was all about, but he sure, he's okay, though. Every time I'm home for those uh, two, five, two to five minutes, I always seem to pass him in that little mail truck, and always gives me a wave, and he doesn't only realize I'm waving back with one finger. Technology is also cutting in the post office's bottom line. More people are paying bills in, online instead of buying stamps. Never thought about that. You pay your bills online? I sure hope not. Yes, I do. You do? I pay well, online. online. Oh! I have for like 15 years. You crazy people, you. That's no fun. <laughs> Jupiter Research. Well, you see, if I weren't in the habit of writing out checks, although I don't yeah. write them here, but oh. if I weren't in the habit of uh, paying by check, then I probably wouldn't send out some other checks. My hand cranks. Oh, I so feel I like, could, yeah, I keep doing Both that. of you probably want to keep me in the habit of writing checks. You uh, stay in that habit. Keep those checks are coming. <laughs> oh. Jupiter Research, which is really out of this world, a New York-based technology analyst firm, predicts that in 2006, more than half of all American households will pay at least some of their bills online. Now, I like, I like the old hands-on deal myself. I don't, I don't want to be doing it online. I don't want to, uh, any of that online. Tra- Although I do like buying stuff online. Uh, that, that's, yeah. I, I do like that. I'll tell you, that, that is, that's gonna, I don't care what anybody says. That's going to be uh, so huge, you have no idea. And it already is, but, I mean, compared to what it is now, it's going to be like a, a zillion times. You can get your groceries delivered, buy right. them online. Well, you used to. Publix used to do that, but they, they canceled it. Well, they got a thing here. It's not great, but it's, I tried it once. It's, it's okay. Like when it gets to be the dead of winter in another uh, five minutes or so. No, in, in a couple of weeks or three weeks, whenever it starts. That's not a bad time. Like, uh, you know, send them an email saying they, and, and you pick whatever that you want them delivered. It's kind of like, uh, you know, like dial mattress. Same, right. same kind of concept. Orlando chef Alejandro Venturo, 26, can't remember the last time he planted a stamp on the upper right-hand corner of an envelope. Maybe he's putting it on the back. And if put to the task, he's not sure he could even put his hands on a stamp anywhere in his house. Well, how about getting a postal machine like I got? That's the way to do it. Pitney Bowes. I don't. What? Yeah. Pit, okay. 
I don't use them, Ventura said with a shrug at the downtown Orlando post office Thursday. He pays all his bills online and sends his friends and colleagues emails instead of letters and e-cards instead of greeting cards. Why was he at the post office getting his passport updated? What? Getting your passport updated at the post office? I, I what never is, heard what of does that mean? I've never know. heard of that. Others will be feeding the pinch, though, such as big outfits that sent out lots of mail, including Orange County. Warren Gelch, director of Orange County's administrative services, said the county spends about 40 grand on first-class mailings each month, so costs will jump by at least two grand. Johnny Barton of Orlando, 74, says that although the two-cent increase alone doesn't hurt him, it adds up with everything else that's going up. Let me tell you, after I paid the rent, the light bill, the gas and grocery, the money is just about gone. He says he lives on a uh, fixed income. Elaine Pancake. Yeah. A U.S. Post Office spokeswoman for the Orlando area said that if it's any consolation, three and a half years is a long time to go without a postal rate increase. So just kiss the ground and look at that stamp. Just look at it. Elaine Pancake. That's what the pancake lady says. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Tell me something we don't already know, Mr. President. Our country is at war, and our government has the obligation to protect the American people. Tell me something we don't already know, Mr. President. And we are aggressively doing that. We are finding terrorists and bringing them to justice. We are gathering information about where the terrorists may be hiding. We are trying to disrupt their plots and plans. Anything we do to that effort, any activity we conduct, is within the law. We do not torture. And I wonder how much you tell the truth sometimes. There's an enemy that lurks and plots and plans and wants to hurt America again. And so you bet we'll aggressively pursue Tell me something we don't already know, Mr. President. But we will do so under the law. And that's why you're saying members of my administration go and brief the Congress. We do not torture. And I wonder how much you tell the truth sometimes. We do not torture. Mr. Bush, tell the truth. You think Elaine uses pancake makeup? And maybe she used to work at, like, the Waffle House. Maybe. What kind of a name is that, Elaine Pancake? Uh, you know, all kinds. Blueberry, chocolate chip. You know something? I never was really into pancakes or waffles. Or no, that pancakes kind of are dry. Waffles are different. They're you know because they can be Ooh, firm. You get some but of that poison, like a poisonberry animal with it is really good. Bye bye bye. 